counting. Oh, everybody blow in your nose and go pee. I, I'm extra sniffly today anyway, so it doesn't matter. Okay, that's fine. Hello, everybody, and welcome to RPG Cast 537 for the week of March 28th, 2020. Hi. Uh, I am your host. What I got. Anna Marie Privateer. Stuck in the house. Let me out. With Chris Privateer. I'm in prison. Who else is stuck in the house with us? Hi, Kelly Ryan. This is just business as normal. I don't know what you're bitching about. Right, hey, Peter anyway. Thomas. I've been telling everybody I've been preparing for this for 33 years. I'm That's good. That's right. <laughs> hey, Alice, wait. Alice, did you change your name when you got married? No. Oh, Alice Wilkinson. I'm like, I had to think about it for a minute. I'm like, wait. Did, did I, I, thought you had a, name? I thought you had a Brit joke prepared for her. I do. Oh, my gosh. Guys, guys, I was today years old when I discovered the, like, whole house sorting thing in Harry Potter. That's a real thing in British schools. They have yeah. houses. They do. How do they sort um, them? Random, as far as I'm aware. So they don't have an old hat. Nope. You mean they huh. don't put all the uh, troublemakers within the same building with each other? Well, actually, it's funny you say that because <laughs> because when I was so I went to um, when I was eleven, I went to grammar school, and they did have houses. I was in Burns, the black house, the color. You know, there's nothing else about that. Um, and the thing about Burns was. We were terrible at inter-house sports. And there were there was one particular house that was significantly better than everybody else. Um, I'm trying to remember which one it was. I think it was Rollins. The, uh, um, they were orange, I think. So they all had house colors. Uh, we had house ties. I still have mine somewhere, like buried in a box or something. Um, the house was always named after the surname of the head. So the houses tend to change names every so often. Um, so the house that I was in changed names, I think, like three years after I left because, you know, the teacher retired. Um, so, yeah, no, that is a thing. It's only practiced in, like, private schools. Um, but, yeah, that is a thing that exists. How cool is that, guys? Did you That's... have a house cup? Uh, two houses, one cup. No, Chris. No. Okay. Ten uh, points from okay. from Privateer. Oh, are <laughs> already um, negative. There though. was there was inter house sports, just that my house wasn't very good at them. <laughs> inter sports, got it. All right. I, I, I'm I'm sorry. Just everything I know about boarding schools I learned from Harry Potter, <laughs> so my view is skewed. <laughs> well you see the thing is is i did go to a boarding school like after i turned i moved schools like in the middle of my secondary education and while i went to a boarding school uh because i lived at the bottom of the hill that the school was on i wasn't one of the boarders I see it was it. it was like uh it was a both thing the school had like four boarding houses but i wasn't in any of them so yeah 
Sorry. But you, yeah, a lot of a lot of Harry Potter was inspired <laughs> by kind of British uh, like private schools. So yeah, that that was I I just had to tell you guys. I was like I learned that. And this week has been really the, the last few weeks because we're all like stuck inside and everybody's kind of going out of their minds. I've discovered that like there are things... You don't have any excuses. You didn't go outside to begin with. Right. But I mean, everybody else is now in the then same Then why situation. are you so crazy right now? That they're sharing things that they did and did not know. Yes. Like, I am discovering that not everybody knows that vaccines come from eggs. Because we had this conversation on our, uh, on our Discord chat last yeah, night. Yeah, you just shake eggs and vaccines come out of them. No. <laughs> But like, I was like, did you guys know that that vaccines come from eggs? Because I was having a conversation about it on Twitter, and like five people were like, yes, and one person was like, they do. I don't know what you're talking. I crack open an egg, the hypodermic needle comes out. I eat it with the cereal. Okay. I don't get polio. My my dumb today. I learned a thing yesterday, which I had no idea about. You know the song Moscow by Genghis Khan. Yeah. Uh- I had no idea that that band was basically a German version of the village people. Did you not see the video? (laughs) I saw that clip and thought it was just Russians performing a Russian folk song. No, aren't they from like Denmark or something? Yeah, I think they're from Germany. But I told my husband this and it was like, we've been together for 13 years and you never thought to look that up. And I was like, well, I. (laughs) <laughs> My context was that one Eurovision clip, and that was it. <laughs> and I d- didn't even know that that was from Eurovision. I like that he until... thinks you should have looked that up. Like, like that's your job. I need to fact check the Moscow Look, man. <laughs> there is random crap that everybody needs to know, and if you're falling down on it... <laughs> <laughs> How dare you not know everything about the Moscow band? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's actually jump into what we've been playing. What have gonna, we been playing? I'm going to put this up front because I think it's going to be a fair bit of our conversation <gasps> again. So I know a couple weeks ago I said that I wasn't really interested in Animal Crossing. Yeah, that didn't last long. Well, uh, Chris was like, come live on COVID-2000. And I'm like, come right. live on COVID-2000. Fabulous COVID-2000 where we have multiple research projects, a museum to store Preserved bodies and preserved um, specimens. Preserved specimens, and uh, we have uh, we have a store now where you can buy. Well, we don't have toilet paper, but we have everything else that you could possibly need on beautiful COVID two thousand. Wait, is that what you actually called your island? It may be. It's better than COVID nineteen. It's much much more futuristic. COVID two thousand. Yeah, and even better is I, I finally you should start looking at her Twitter. She's got first, all the screenshots going um, up. Emota, uh, uh, what do you call those actions? Emoji, emotes, emotes, reactions. Emotes. Reactions. I learned my first reaction from someone on COVID-2000. It was sneeze. COVID-2000. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Did you post that? Yeah, that was the we do not believe in social distancing no, on COVID-2000. We just sneeze on each other on COVID-2000. Even better is I happen to be talking to him and the way that the camera panned, I'm like halfway behind a tree. So he's sneezing on me while I'm clearly trying to flee behind yep, a tree. It's great. It's fantastic. Hey, it's like whatever, you're already quarantined. What more do you get scared of? Just whatever you do, don't go sneeze at the Nook store because they'll send you to jail for that crap. <laughs> sneeze on all the <laughs> We sneeze on all, all the bags of medicine. Yes. <laughs> 
Hey, I spent a long time harvesting those honeycombs. Don't you dare. <laughs> you mean you <laughs> spent a long time getting stung in the face? Yeah, that too. <laughs> so, I mean, I've only played it a little bit. It's it, The way that I like playing a game, which is basically sit there and play it for forever and ever and ever, is not conducive to the way that Animal Crossing is played. No, it's a very play for an hour and then you're done for the day. Right. Um, and so I'm still kind of figuring that out. I, I think I've only played it two times at this point. And it was mostly to entertain Chris while he was doing help desk tickets. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, Kelly and Peter, you guys are both playing Animal Crossing, right? Yes. Like nobody's business. <laughs> Peter has I... not logged out, unlike you, Anna. <laughs> right. I, I... I live in the island now, actually. <laughs> Screw so, this world. I'm coming I from a remote <laughs> from the island of Helena. Unlike Chris, there is no COVID on my island. <laughs> yes, there is. I visited it. I left it on your message board. Mm, I saw that, and it, it yeah. <laughs> talk about goes to other people's islands and leaves very creepy messages on. Them. All I do, it's a simple message. It just says you're infected, and then I leave. Yeah, with like yeah, that's the very creepy message. Yeah, use the Japanese horror kind of vertical line things going on. It's great. <laughs> I was all sweet. I drew a Dragon Quest slime on his board. I know. I've got. I've literally got four or five messages on there from friends. One's like, "Thanks for the pears." One's, "Thanks for this." One is the slime approaches, and then there's you're infected. <laughs> you're welcome. <sighs> just tried to share the love. So I, I bought a doctor's mask and put it on just in case. <laughs> yeah, you have to wear that when you come to visit my island. Yeah, my character hasn't taken it off. If you look at some of my later screenshots, they have uh, him wearing it. And that other screenshot that got posted was funny as hell. All of us on our phones. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I couldn't pass up that opportunity. Like, hey, it looks like everybody's uh, like doing life. what we do in, yeah, in real life. Like us millennials always on our phones. <laughs> Gathering nook points. Or nook miles, whatever the hell they're called. I did it all for the nook points. The nook points. No? You did it all for the nookie? <laughs> yeah, that was, oh, that's man. the joke. Yep, you got it. This, this is why I don't... Uh... I don't leave my island because of jokes like that. <laughs> I mean, it's okay. I don't leave my house. <laughs> yeah. And now all of us don't, apparently. Now, nope. I don't know if this is TMI or anything, Alice, but are you considered more at risk? Uh, yeah, I am, but only because of previous chemotherapy stuff. Right. Mm. So, but it's it's it was well known that I can work from home ever since I did the uh, that work from home stint a couple of years ago. Gotcha. Well, there you go. All right, back to our games. Um, just do. Since we dove into Animal Crossing so deeply last week, is there anything people want to add, or should we just move on to other games? I have, I have so many bills to pay. Yeah, um, I guess I could just talk about updates. So uh, I'm finished with my. All of my fruits are done. Uh, I've got quite a few shops now open up. Uh, I can now build infrastructure uh, anytime I want on my island. Uh, so bridges and ramps are available to me now. Um, I'm on my fifth house upgrade. So I've got 
What? The main room, the main room plus three other rooms, and my debt is the debt I have to pay off for that one is seven hundred and fifty-eight thousand bells. Um, I kid you not. So there's a lot of people who are who believe Animal Crossing is you know play it for an hour and then you know you're done. But I am a grinder. I'm like, <laughs> oh god, I've got so much debt to pay. Let's go. And um, I actually got into gardening in this game, which I did not get into in any of my other games. And because of that, it brought a uh, semi-rare butterfly to my town. Um, huh. It it spawns pretty frequently and sells for 2,400 bells a pop. <gasps> um, so I literally run back and forth between the two plots of flowers all day and just catch a whole inventory of these guys, um, which ends up being about 75,000 a um, like a, a dump. Hmm. So yeah, if you're looking for a semi-rare butterfly, feel free to uh, stop by. Has anyone <laughs> validated whether or not you can bury um, gold nuggets in the money tree holes? Uh, I've never tried. Okay. I've I never doubt, tried it. I'm I just doubt buried, it, though. I've just buried money. Yeah, I still don't know if you can do higher than 10k in this game um, as far as the money burying goes, but that was always the max before. I just planted a bunch of apple trees, and I'm waiting for all of the fruit to grow red before I just have a harvest every couple of days. Okay. That's yeah. my money-making scam. Yeah, between my wife and I, I mean, uh, she actually got into this a lot more than I thought she would. Um, I, I did think she would enjoy it, but not quite this much. Um, so she's been playing a lot, but, uh, I actually have the parental controls app on my phone just to track like my gameplay time and stuff. And it gives me a monthly summary. Um, but I was looking at my animal crossing time just to talk about how I don't log out of the game. Um, so Friday when it launched was 16 hours and then Saturday was 11, Sunday was 17, Monday was 11, Tuesday was 12, Wednesday was nine and Thursday was 11. Do you not work right now? I do. I, I literally need, play while I work. You need to... Uh, what? Yep. <laughs> no. Not allowed yep. to do that. Play while I work. It's such a casual game. It's so easy to pick up and put down, like, whenever you want. So, yeah, it's... it's I'm literally all consumed by Animal Crossing right now. I wanted to write down that I was dabbling in another game, but I can't even... I can't even honestly say it. I put, like... Uh, I actually popped in Tales of uh, Two Towns on my 3DS just to kind of idle around um, whenever she was playing Animal Crossing, and I only got through a few days. So wait, hang on. Have you mm-hmm. got more? Have you got more than one save on the same Switch? Or nope, same same island, um, but yeah. you use the different profiles for your villagers so the way that animal crossing works is the island is associated with the physical switch right and you can have up to eight player characters on the island if you have eight profiles on the switch okay yeah because i already have i already have like four three of them are me for various regions and one of them's david's right are you saying that we can inhabit the same island yes yeah. Oh, okay. I That's how I play. I don't that. have my own copy of Animal Crossing. I was like, I'm not buying Animal Crossing. I don't know if I'm going to like it. But Chris bought it, and he played it for a couple of days, and then he's like, you should move in. I'm like, all right. <laughs> I don't remember saying that. I think you uh, just imagined it, but I was happy to have you. 
Okay. Um, only the Prime account can do infrastructure, though. Yeah, yes. it makes sense. Yeah, it's one of uh, her biggest gripes, actually. She wishes that there was a little more um, freedom in the secondary players, uh, especially during co-op. Uh, I think one of the things we actually hate when we're playing together is that the followers do not get access to their inventory proper. Um, so it ends up being a really weird um, switching around of leaders. And they made it really easy, thankfully. Uh, all you have to do is shake your remote and the other person presses A. And you've swapped leaders and have access to your inventory and everything. But it's, it's very weird that you can't access both inventories at the same time. That is weird. Yeah, their their multiplayer is it it's like good and bad at the same time and I can't decide which one outweighs the other. It's Nintendo, it's bad. We already know the yeah. answer to this. Yeah. It, they still like made leaps and bounds like being able to send messages to your friends via the internet is you say leaps and bounds, but it's like implementing functionality that should have existed 10 years ago. So it's like, well, it's still catch up. So not really leaps and bounds in my like mind. Leap, leaps and bounds for Nintendo. All right. Asterix. All right. I guess. <laughs> like three asterisks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's been It's been fun. I'm enjoying the new iteration of this game and uh, all the features. It is a fun game, for sure. How, how far along are you, Kelly? And and you, Chris? I just unlocked the town center and have Isabel in my... Uh, and it is Isabel in my party. Isabel in my town, <laughs> so I can do in- infrastructure now. Mm, okay. Yeah, I just got the, the first three houses built. Are, well, they're ready to be built. One person has moved in yesterday. I don't know who's going to yeah, move Felicity in Yeah, Felicity moved in. Hmm. We haven't played Art. today, so we don't know who else moved in. Yeah, but we haven't made, built like the um, commu- guest services or whatever yet. So you that did hasn't... get a bridge, though. Yeah, got a bridge. Woo! Yeah, that I worked hard for that bridge damn bridge. Helps a lot. <laughs> um, they they uh, give it to you at a pretty crucial time, but once you start getting more infrastructure, it makes all the difference. Mm-hmm. Like not having to, to switch between pole and ladder, which was. You know, a fun novelty idea, you know, in theory, but then you start running around your island. And I chose one that actually has a, a lot of rivers in it. And man, is it a pain in the butt. I, I was like, yeah, this was a cool idea and concept. But now that I'm running around and having the switch every, you know, couple of minutes, uh, it's a real pain in the ass. <laughs> it's just I don't like it. So I can't wait until my infrastructure is done. And I right. think, uh, oh, good. Right now, I'm moving my house to uh, the very highest point in the town so that I can be the lord of the land. How do you do yeah. this wishing on a shooting star thing? Uh, that is being able to look up at the sky. Yeah. And then um, pressing A when you see a, a wishing star with no tool in your hand. Oh, my gosh. And then you get a shooting it. star on the beach or something. Yeah, I, I got five two days ago. Five, of course. <laughs> I, I made a lot of wishes. I got okay? like I, was wishing, I got like seventy three of them. Uh, they were worth twenty million dollars. I've just I own Tom Nook now. You know, just 
all yeah. casual. We unlocked Harv. <sighs> yeah, we unlocked Harv. Oh and my I god! Wasn't to... Harv creepy? Yeah. Oh, wait, He's creepy. Like, Come to my island and take pictures of yourself. Yeah. <laughs> wow. All right, that sounds more creepy now. Um, uh, yeah, I, he was I too was stoned like, to be creepy. I wasn't come, threatened by him. Yeah, he like invites you to this desolate island. He's got like three rooms set up with no furniture except for like a couch, and has picture um, like the big uh, what do you call them? Those lights with the little flaps in the front of them. Mm-hmm. Can uh, lights. And yes, can lights. Uh, he has can lights set up everywhere, and he's like. Come totally take pictures of yourself, dude. I'm never going to keep them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. D- does, he al- do does he also have a black leather couch in his house? Well, this is how you do... Um, He's how you do the uh, amiibos, right? So it's important. Oh, I have no idea. I don't have any Animal Crossing amiibos, so... We've got all these fucking cards. So many mm. cards from Happy Home Designer. So. Gotcha, gotcha. We need to come up with some use for them. Now we can take creepy pics. Creepy pics. Yeah. Spe- speaking of cards, do you guys remember the e-reader? Yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> I had I'd completely forgotten that there were Animal Crossing e-reader cards. A friend of mine, um, Zeon, is trying to like finish up his collection of them. Yeah, no, I remember it. I remember it because I, I did actually have an e-reader for my GBA, even though I don't think it came to Europe. I don't think it did either. I, I remember mailing one to somebody. Yeah, no, I I had a friend who who imported two of them and gave one to me. Well, um, didn't yeah, didn't I, that thing connect rem- to the? Oh right, that would have connected the GameCube, right? All right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was saying before the show, I I originally imported uh, Animal Crossing because it never came out in Europe. Um, we got Doshin the Giant instead. Oh. The N64 game? Yeah, the GameCube port of it. Ugh, I'm sorry. Which you guys, which you, which you guys didn't get. We missed out on Animal Crossing, though. Hmm. Yeah, it was it was a weird time. It was back when Nintendo yeah. of America cared more about its people than Nintendo of Europe. We it hasn't been like that for like 15 years. Okay, I'm just bitter about Nintendo of. America lately. He's upset because the Xenoblade Chronicles Collector's Edition is so much better in Europe. Yep. Once again, Europe cares. We'll have to expound on that in the news. Yeah. Because I didn't hear that. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, Alice, since you haven't been on in a while, what have you been playing? Because it is an Animal Crossing. Uh... It's, 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 it's yet another week that I'm on here that I have played, like, nothing of what everyone else has been playing. That's fine. That's good. Um, so I've been teaching Isabel how to use the super shotgun. <gasps> You've been playing Doom Eternal, then. I finished Doom Eternal. Wow, that was fast. I mean, I didn't really play much else while finishing it, so... Oh, that's fair. Um, it's, uh, I mean, <laughs> I don't know... <laughs> Doom Eternal is a tricky one. Is do if you like Doom 2016, um, then you'll probably like Doom Eternal. That's all I can really say about it. It's like they've changed a couple of things that I think people might not like. Ammo, but that's that's well, the big one that I hear about. If people like, ugh, there's not enough ammo in this game. I want to shoot things the, in the face. I don't want to stab them. 
I think the lack the lack of ammo, I think, is to incentivize usage of the chainsaw, like more so than the previous game. Once you actually kind of get that rhythm down of always chainsawing stuff when you're out of ammo, it it kind of flows a lot better. Um, the game is difficult to say the least, uh, and there are a couple of enemies that will push your shit in if you're not ready for them. Huh. For lack of a better term. <laughs> um so and it, it, weirdly enough the game actually expounds on like doom law which i kind of wasn't expecting after the the previous game um but it does it in a way that's actually relatively satisfying but i can see why some people might be annoyed by it you know in the same way that doom guy is annoyed by it in the, in doom 2016 you know, the mere presence of a story is just, I don't know, antithetical to what Doom was. You know, never mind the fact that the first Doom game back in 92 or whatever it was did establish that Doom Guy had a pet rabbit. Wait, what? Yeah, Daisy. Uh, I did not know this. Yeah, he had, a, he had a pet rabbit and the demons killed it. And that's one of the reasons why he's so angry. Oh, for real? So he's... He was John Wick before John Wick was cool. <laughs> yeah, basically. This is Mr. Tibbles all over again. So, and now it's nice to think that with his newfound friendship with Isabel or something, that she basically kind of plugs that daisy-shaped hole in his heart. Aww. See, it just, make, it just takes that whole thing more wholesome. Hey, the Isabel and Doom Guy meme is my favorite meme of the of twenty twenty so far. Oh, totally. No, I I think it's um, I, it's such a weird crossover, and yet it works so well. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I just you know, and the people have put together the art and the little animations of Doom Guy teaching Isabel to use the super shotgun and stuff. It's it's great. Not gonna lie, I totally love the crossover artwork. It just makes me happy. Yeah, it does. Only... Oh, good. I was just gonna say, it does kind of make me want Isabel in Doom Eternal, though. Yeah. <laughs> it would. It, it should just. I it would just. Given how like over the top, both Doom Eternal and the previous game. Are, in fact, actually thinking about it, someone will probably end up modding it in. Oh um, yeah. Because I someone in one of my discords posted a, a YouTube link of. Uh, uh, it was a GZ Doom mod, so for um, one of the source ports of the original, uh, and it's basically a, a, an Isabel character that works similarly to how uh, Elizabeth did in Bioshock Infinite. So you have you've got you, and then you've got this little sprite Isabel running around the place, picking up ammo, throwing it to you, and I think she's <laughs> she's also got a little shotgun as well. It's great. Amazing. I feel I like it's a missed opportunity uh, to not have a item in Animal Crossing that's like a little Doom figurine. No, I think the Switch port of Doom Eternal needs to have like a, just a little Isabel plush to put on his shoulder. Yeah, or um, it, it, Doom Guy has a Fortress of Doom now, um, and it's like a little base you go back to in between some of the missions. Um if they just like put it on his toy shelf or something, mm -hmm. then that would that would be that would that be great. That would be amazing. 
Correct. I mean, given that um, if you go into uh, Doom Guy's room uh, in between missions, um, he does have a bookshelf which is full of books with references to other series. You know, yeah. Fallout, Half Life. You know, a bunch of other shooters, stuff like that. I, I saw that uh, Dopefish makes a cameo. Well, yeah, but Dopefish always shows up. The Dopefish lives. <laughs> um, but I mean, like, he also got, like, you know, 50 Shades of Slay on his bookshelf and stuff like that. It's great. <laughs> Alice, you have to um, chat with me after this is done. Uh, I've got a bunch of, like, free crap for Doom Eternal from Twitch Prime that I will I've never, I've, ever... Oh, I've you got, got it? Twi- I got Twitch Prime as well. It adds... Oh, okay. uh, it adds the Doomicorn. It's great. Yeah, I was going to say, I'll never, ever use it. So I'm just trying to find somebody to fork it off to if they want it. <laughs> I, and I, you're the only person I know playing Doom. <laughs> I know. It's weird. It's like, because we've had three, like, really good releases. Uh, one of which I, you know, haven't seen a lot of discussion on around. But um, Doom Eternal kind of seems to be almost like the odd one out between those three. Everyone else is either playing Animal Crossing or they splashed out on a VR headset and have been playing Half-Life Alex. Um, now, my husband has been playing Half-Life Alex because uh, I have a, a Vive. I've had a Vive for a while, uh, but I haven't played it yet. I'm waiting for him to finish it first. So, but everyone that I've, you know, like everyone else who I've spoken to has, who's played it has said that like Half-Life Alex is like amazing. You know, this is Valve returning to form or whatever with, you know, a game, a Half-Life game that doesn't suck. But yeah, I, I haven't had, a ch- I haven't had a chance to experience it yet. So there hasn't been a Half-Life game in a decade. Did people retroactively decide that one of the other ones was bad? No, it's, uh, Valve hasn't ha- exactly had the greatest luck with like new releases recently, given that their little card game effort crashed and burned so badly. Oh, I see. Never mind also any of the other, like, you know, pseudo-controversies that it seems to get mixed up in occasionally. And by pseudo, I mean the fact that, you know, not everyone cares that Team Fortress 2 hasn't received an update in like 10 years or something. Because I don't. I don't play it. And Counter-Strike seems to be doing rather well for itself, so. Yeah. All right. Shrug um, emoji. Anything else that you've been playing that you want to talk about? So, how did I get into a Monster Hunter game? Like, what happened? I don't know, because I didn't think it was going to be your kind of game. How did you end up getting into it? I'm... I, I don't know. It's... um. I'm trying to remember, like, why I decided, oh, yeah, you know, Monster Hunter World, that'll be my jumping on point. I think it was because um, one of my Discord channels uh, on another server, um, they, they, there's a few people on there who are very, like, Monster Hunter, big Monster Hunter fans. They've been playing the game for ages. And I think I sort of sat down and talked with them about it, and the game went on sale, and I'm like, well, if I don't like it, Steam refund policy. And I liked it. I I thought I wouldn't like it. And, you know, I was wrong. Basically. (laughs) What level are you? What's your cat's name? Uh, My cat is named and designed after my late family cat. So he's called Marley. Oh, that's cute. That's cute. 
that was one of the other things why I decided to get it actually was because they were like, oh yeah, you can cr- you, not only can you customize your character, but you can also customize your cat. And I'm like, hot damn. Yep, that's why I bought it. So I've I've actually finished the main Iceborne story. I'm mostly doing post 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 game stuff like the uh, the PC version recent just recently got the Safi Jiva update. Um, so I've been fighting the big red angry dragon, and it's been shooting me with lasers. Because that, that's that's what that does. I, oh, I yeah. wasn't I wasn't expecting a big angry red dragon shooting lasers at me. I thought that was more of a Final Fantasy thing. <laughs> Did you deliver uh, any missiles this week? Define well. Define deliver. Did you shoot something? With big oh, yeah. missiles. Well, I mean, I, I I do also tend to use the heavy bow gun in Monster Hunter quite a lot. Nice. So they may not be mi- may not be missiles, but I'm like, who the hell put this rotary auto cannon and said, oh yeah, this thing shoots arrows? <laughs> Questions for Alice. Okay. So. I don't know if Chris knows, but he sounds really quiet. Hi, he I does. have two questions. I'm sorry. It's Go better on. when I'm not muted, right? Yes, totally. Indeed. Number one, what's the name of your cat, Monster Hunter? I missed it. Marley. Marley. The name, yes, the name of our late family cat. Okay, I thought it was the name of like Jacob Marley you were going for, which was kind of creepy. Okay, second question: Did you play any Fantasy Star Online? And why no. not? Why because, not? Because one, I don't have an Xbox. Oh, that's good reason. You know, the 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 beta that's currently running is only on Xbox One. Yeah. And two, I am not one hundred percent sure I am willing to commit to the Western version of Fancy Star Online <gasps> Two because of the amount of the amount of time I have spent on the Japanese version. Oh, well, right, that's, that's understandable. Right. That is a fair I, statement. I've been wondering how many people were going to jump ship. Um, and move to the U.S. version. It, I, I mean, because I have played like nearly, I have like 700 hours or something on the Japanese version. I'm, I don't know if I can do that again. You know? Yeah. I feel like Chris brings this up just to taunt me at this point. Burns yeah, my well. soul. Yeah, now maybe if they'd done this like three or four years ago before I invested lots of time on this character, then maybe, but at the moment, it's not exactly looking great. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I that was actually the reason why I didn't get too heavily on the uh, Japanese side of things is because I didn't want to. I was holding out hope. I was like, one of these days, it's going to come to the States, you know, and five, six, seven years had passed. And I'm like, mm, it's never going to come. <laughs> And I mean, I was, you know, I was as sh- I was as shocked as anyone. Just look at the tweet that I posted a couple of months ago about it. Yeah, it's just yeah. like yeah. <laughs> I know. So... <laughs> I'm glad that uh, I didn't realize that you were a fan. I I don't know very many people who actually enjoy Fantasy Star uh, the way that I the online version is you know as much as I did. So well, I mean, Fantasy Star Online, the original. Um, was one of my first like big multiplayer experiences and i played it a lot uh on my uh dreamcasts 56k modem same uh, and it it was great (laughs) 
Yeah, I I actually was the opposite. So I did not get the Dreamcast versions. I didn't get it until it was re-released on the GameCube. And I never had access to um, the modem or subscription. So my experience with it was purely offline couch co-op. And I had a blast with it. My buddy and I put so many hours into that game. Uh, it was kind of ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I had the, um, I actually got the GameCube port as well. I just, I, I could, because I never had the, uh, the internet adapter for my GameCube. Oh, yeah. Um, I didn't really have anyone I could play it with offline, so I kind of enjoyed it less, as it were. Um, but by that point, I discovered MMOs and I had gotten nose deep into, um, Final Fantasy XI by that point, and that was a bad time. Yeah. One last segue, and then I'll stop chiming in, and we can move forward. Um, You're so disruptive, Peter. Jeez, it's almost like this is a podcast or something. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, But did you ever play any of the uh, other, like, I guess, fan servers for the original Fantasy Star Online? Yeah, I played um, the precursor to the current Blue Burst um so mm. i think it was um shrack or something um, yeah i played on that for quite a long time gotcha cool okay done uh as far as other stuff um there is I, I can't remember if sd gun the latest sd gundam game had come out last time i was on the cast but i have been playing that a lot that's um, that because... x-rays one right yes cross rays um i never know if it's uh... supposed to be x or cross it, it is. Um, I know it's really good. Um, you know they they've done a, a good job on the PC port. Uh, the translation's pretty good. It's got the same translation team as the latest or the you know the most recent Super Robot Wars games. Um, I follow the lead, the translator lead, Christina Rose on Twitter. Um, you know she's a good person. Um, her team of you know do amazing things. Um, game's very fun. Just playing it. Uh, the other thing is there is also now another expansion for Stellaris out, which we're still playing four years later. Um, and uh, it now lets you do all of the things that Palpatine did during the Star Wars prequels. Eh? It, so they put out uh, the, the latest expansion is called Federations, uh, which introduces a galactic council mechanic. Cool. Um, so you can now spam the I love democracy and I am the Senate gifts in all of your uh, channels. Because <laughs> uh, what eventually happens, so it acts a little bit like the space UN, but you can eventually, the, uh, like you'll get like a core council of between one to five empires, which have the largest diplomatic power amongst the galaxy. And um, you can pass resolutions that provide some pretty powerful empire buffs, but you can also um, sanction empires so that they don't receive those buffs or receive like negative penalties. Oh, um, we're talking about Stellaris, aren't we? Yep. Yeah, but it but it is possible to eventually reduce the council size to one, and also to give your empire a permanent seat on that council, so you can become the senate and. I don't know, for an encore, you go and force lightning a few Jedi and take over the galaxy. I don't have time to sit around and wait for you to discuss this in a committee, committee, committee. Whatever that is. Uh, That's a quote from episode one. That's right. 
I mean, even the artwork for the Galactic Community screen even reminds me a little bit of the the Senate and Star Wars. It's. Do you know Anna's become like a lore expert on Star Wars lately? (laughs) She's been listening to all the new canonical books. Yeah. Okay. Um, the quote, I know, right? It's very the, like, oh, well, that's that's nice. The the quote that he, <laughs> it's nice that you like that, Anna. The, the quote <laughs> that he did isn't that Padme? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's Natalie Portman delivering, um, whatever the hell she was doing during the filming of that series. I don't uh, like sand. Yeah. No, actually. So Queen I, Amidala, and then she was a senator. Yeah. So um. There a couple years ago, there was actually a book about how she became a senator and how her relationship with um, Palpatine. No, not Palpatine. Her um, uh, body double. N- well, those girls too. But um, who she give the baby to? Why <laughs> oh, can't I remember Organa? Yeah, Bail there Organa. we go. Uh, it actually describes how she became friends with Bail Organa because in the movies it's sort of like have a kid and it's like cool. <laughs> Why are you giving a kid to this random dude? Because it's uh, what's his name? It's Jimmy Smith. It's Jimmy Smith. That's why NYPD Blue West Wing. That's why you give him a kid. Come on. Sure, but in <laughs> in terms of Star Wars, there is zero context. Uh, uh, Many uh, Boffins words, died, Anna. I mean, to be to be fair, that could kind of apply to anything. Was you know. There is no context. That's Star Wars in a nutshell. Yep. Yeah, I just finished the extended novel oh, of episode nine. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Mark Thompson, who reads um, a bunch of Star Wars books. And I on like Audible, him. at least. Yeah, yeah. On, on Audible. He, well, does, he does a really good Han Solo. He does a really good Colt 45. He does an okay. He does an amusing Lando. Colt 45. Colt 45. But he cannot Wookiee. He can't Wookiee at all. <laughs> he does the freaking spot on Palpatine, though. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, did they get the actor? I'm like, no. And she's like, no. I'm like, I, I think I he's actually, dead, actually. <laughs> I actually thought they just pulled lines from the movie. But Chris looked it up and no, no, that's just Mark Thompson. He's just that good. Like, his Palpatine freaking rocks. Anyway, so he does all the voices and they do production and they've got, you know, they make the droids sound like droids. They make the thank you, thank you, droid. Do no, the thank thing. you. No, thank yeah. you. No, but thank you. Also, um, it's still that movie with that script and that story. So only can help. So but much. they do fill in a lot of the blanks. <laughs> it's like, oh, that would have been useful to have in the film. <laughs> and like, since they don't have to worry about Carrie Fisher being dead, like she has a huge role in the book that she doesn't have in the movie. Because she couldn't. Yeah. So. Anyway. Um, this just in. A very shady turnip deal went down in Animal Crossing between me and Peter just now. <gasps> What's going on? Okay. <laughs> uh, let me just preface here. I bought turnips on Sunday at 92 bells a turnip, okay? And I bought 500 of them. <laughs> yeah. And so... I'm watching Nook's prices, and by midweek, they were about 139 bells. And I was like, ah, let's just push it and see. And then on Thursday or Friday, something like that, they dropped down to like 70. And then Uh Saturday, Timmy and Tommy were like, we'll give you about 63 bells for your turnips. What do you think? And I'm like, no, no, I will not take this loss. (laughs) So I've been like paying. It's going to rot if you hold on to them tomorrow. 
I know. Yeah. So I've been pinging all of my friends. I'm like, please tell me your turnips are at least 92 bells. And <laughs> Kelly's like, 93. I'm like, can I sell them, please? <laughs> well, of course. So he, he gave me a bunch of profits from uh, selling butterflies. Uh, I don't know. I think we need to get the Gardening Exchange Commission involved on this. <laughs> yeah, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure this is the kind of thing that the FTC kind of is meant to regulate yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah, I was. I was. Peter, you're going to jail. Yeah. You're going was... to be banished to COVID 2000. We welcome you. Uh, you go to yeah. white collar jail for insider trading. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, didn't you guys watch The Wolf of Wall, St- uh, Wall no, Street? No, I didn't. Oh, that was such a good movie. God. It's all finance. Oh, actually, oh, man. actually the, uh, the only other thing I was going to mention was um, the. I think the. Um, one of the other features that they put into Stellaris is actually a free one. I can't remember. Um, but it uh, all empires now have an origin. Um, now, they had uh, previously you could pick like um, one of your civic um, picks was could be like a kind of origin. Things like um, the one where you start on a tomb world or um, stuff like that. But now what you've got is you now have a separate section called origin, which kind of defines what happened to your empire before the game starts. And that basically gives you like alternate start conditions and stuff like that. Uh, there is a challenge one, which is uh, your home world is, has like 50 years away from exploding. Cool. So you have to expand out and found new colonies and evacuate your people before it explodes. That's which not is very cool. long in Stellaris it's terms, the right? Romulan dilemma. Yeah. So, um, and the funny thing about that one is, um, you know, like um, everything else with Stellaris, the the empires are randomly generated, oh. which also means that the empire origins are also randomly picked from the list. Um, so it is possible at some point during your sort of early to mid game, yeah, you get a message saying that the home world of one of the empires has just exploded. Um, <laughs> so, although the, I mean, the other thing that has come with this patch that people may have been waiting for is um, they have improved mid late game stability and frame rates significantly. Um, so you know they they've done a really good job with this one. So with the Star Lars at this point, with so many expansions on it, do you just turn everything on and it's pretty much chaotic at this point? Or is everything kind of built into each other and complemented each other very well? Um, so the thing about quite a few of these expansions is they released alongside major patches that kind of introduced elements to the game like permanently um, that aren't a part of any paid DLC. They're just part of the game. So, like, when they completely reworked how planetary buildings worked, that wasn't, like, a DLC feature. That was just a patch. So it does kind of mean that the various, like, DLC features do kind of work very well together. Um, And the other thing is I'm running, like, 30 mods at the moment, and I don't have any problems (laughs) except for a a couple of uh, unusual inter-mod interactions. Okay. Like my one of my habitats at one point sprouted an uh, sprouted a isolated valley planetary feature, which it kind of wasn't meant to. But again, that's just a sort of a very unusual mod interaction. So, well, that's that's not so bad then. All right. So Sweet. thirty yeah. mods. 
Yeah, does he? <laughs> Are you playing Stellaris or Minecraft? I, 30 mods plus all the expand. What in the world do you need that many mods for? <laughs> Uh, so I have things like Giga Structural Engineering. Um, I have one mod that expands the Tradition System, one mod that expands the um, Ascension Perk System. Um, I have a couple of, um, like, art, you know, so the art mods. So I've got some more emblems, more colors for empires. Yeah, the list goes on. It's just like there's so much stuff in the game by itself. I just can't imagine having even more things to try to get familiar with. It's so yeah, much. Yeah, but to, to be honest, you haven't lived until you've got a uh, a sort of Death Star, Death Star style laser that's fitted around an entire star that can shoot across the entire galaxy and also a um, a, a big dyson sphere built around the black hole in the middle of the galaxy that can support an infinite number of people <laughs> okay <laughs> oh and also, i thought those were both uh, expansion content are those also being modified by your mods too oh yeah no so basic okay. dyson basic dyson spheres are a, are, a, are a normal feature but the this this like huge it's called a birch world um that's a mod uh, I currently have like a thousand people living on one. It's great. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's the reason why I like Giga Structural Engineering because it adds all of these like colossal structures, like four nested ring worlds for when you wanted more rings. All right then. Yeah, it's it, it, it's insane. So yeah. All right, I'm done. I'm, I'll stop dominating the chaos now. All right, Kelly. Gonna jump back yes. to you because I think you're the only one on the cast that played the Bravely Default two demo. Yes. Um so down downloaded that. Um holy crap, that demo was really hard. Is like, it? So, yeah, like the mobs hit like trucks and each random encounter has so many of them and you know, they like they bravely constantly so not only is there a bunch of mobs but they also get in like extra attacks so i had to pretty much grind to even get when i got out of the main town just to like be able to get to the one dungeon that's in the game but luckily i found a combination that kind of helped um so you, you start out with um four basic final fantasy well five technically five basic Final Fantasy job classes. Freelancer, Monk, Knight, Black Mage, and White Mage. So I, you know, I did my standard, okay, I'm just going to make one of each and got my ass kicked. So it's like, okay, I really need to kind of rethink this and figured out that if you make everybody a monk and then level that level their job enough to where you can equip a bare-fisted uh, barehanded brawling on there, which gives them an attack and crit bonus if um, they don't have any weapons equipped. Then that's pretty much how I got through the entire demo. Was just kind of swapping out everybody to another job, but still having uh, bare knuckle brawling equipped and just wailing on enemies. And that that was pretty much the only way I beat the boss of the demo, which was a pirate that was like super hard. 
Yeah, I um, I did download and start it. Um, the only reason I didn't mark it was because I didn't get very far mm-hmm. for that exact reason. Um, it is they they have a little disclaimer in the beginning that tells you they bumped the difficulty uh, to make it, I guess, more rewarding or something. Uh, but it is it is hard. Uh, there are like in the very beginning stages, there are two mobs that you see, like these little goblin looking creatures, which are fine. And then there's these little like pig knight guys and those guys, if you run into them and there's more than three or so, that's a party wipe almost mm-hmm. instantly. Um, I, I found that I think they expected you to grind up some money um, because you don't have enough equipment for your people. Um, so you have to grind up and then go back to that shop that's in that main town and... I guess, re-equip for the appropriate um, classes that you choose. But I also made the mistake of, I, I did have one monk on my team. I did the same thing as you. I had a monk, uh, like a knight, a white and a black mage, just a very rounded party that I would have normally picked. Mm-hmm. And I didn't equip any uh, weapons on my monk because I was like, oh, yeah, you know, he's got an A in fist, so... Uh, yeah, that doesn't actually apply until you get that skill you're talking about because mm-hmm. I was hitting for like 30 points of damage. So, yeah, it was it's rough. It was fun. Don't get me wrong, but um, you can't just go into this demo with kid gloves. You got to really think about what you're doing. And I think that was the intent was that they kind of wanted you to experiment with different job loadouts and kind of find something that worked so is this a is this a sequel to bravely default a sequel to bravely second or a sequel to octopath traveler i think it's a completely new game it doesn't feel like a sequel to any of them though okay i mean it feels like a sequel in design but not in story because no i don't care about story i'm talking about design no in design it's uh completely yeah it's it's bravely in design. Okay. Not Octopath. That's all I got. I don't know. I was just kinda of wondering how this game felt. No, I mean it, it fit in. And yeah, and that was the other thing. I'm glad you brought up Octopath. I kinda forgot how to bravely default because my I played Octopath and Octopath plays similar but different in that um like your extra action points don't generate every round. You have to manually generate them. Mm-hmm. And that was messing me up too, because, you know, my, my go-to with Octopath was to um, just kind of basic attack a couple of turns and then get those points up and then just wail on people. Um, Bravely Default, you can't do that. You've got to def- like know when to defend and know when to wail on people. Um I found a lot of effectiveness and just for random encounters, just pumping their bravelies all the way up so that you could get four actions in a turn and wailing on the mobs. And then, you know, you pretty much only have one left and then they'll get four turns while you're trying to build back up your bravely points. But by that point, you can kind of survive the encounter. Um, Just trying to get as many of those hard hitters as down as quick as you can. Yeah. Is this, uh, do you get to keep progress in the main game from this, or no. items, or anything? No. Okay. I think it's its own standalone story. 
And then they sent you a survey when you're done or something? Yeah, they're going to send out a survey in like a month. All right. Yeah, I think they're going to do probably what they did with Octopath, which was like if you played, you know, the demos, I think they gave you a few items in the original game um, just as like a thank you. But uh, I don't think they're planning on much more than that. Um, They did bank on I don't. So I didn't play Bravely Second, so I don't know if this feature is new. Um, but they do have a uh, a new feature, which is that they have all the mobs are visible on the screen, and they mm-hmm. expect you to flank them um, to start the battle off with an extra brave point. Um, that's, that's new. Yeah, I wasn't sure. So I didn't play uh, second. Was it second layer, whatever it was called? Um, and yeah, so I think that's that's what they're adding in as part of the strategy for earning those brave points. Um, so yeah, if you flank an enemy, then you get a brave point to start the match. And if they hit you in any way with an ex, uh, exclamation mark over their head, uh, they get a free attack in the beginning, which yeah, again, difficulty aside, um, that's never any fun in a, in an RPG. So that's going to be something you're going to have to like work around. And, I don't know if they're going to change this, and maybe that's why they're doing this demo, but the timing on that when an enemy is charging you is really rough. Um, the main character, his, his, I guess, birth of his swing is very tiny. Um, it's not very far from his body, so so planning it properly um, is, is... I have found it to be a little difficult. Another thing that I found difficult in that regard was um, the map, the world screen, the world map is in full 3D and you can rotate the camera around. The the problem is that like when you're in that area in the northwest where wolves are just constantly spawning and running, running into you, that that area is kind of in a cone shape or not a cone shape, a cylinder shape. So it's a little bit hard to see stuff running right towards you and you can get in a couple of like accidental battle battles at a disadvantage in that spot. And yeah. yeah, the game does expect you to grind because when you hit a certain level threshold, um, weak enemies will just run away from you. Oh yeah. See, I didn't get that far and I didn't see that piece. Yeah. Did you, uh, um, I know that they capped, I'm pretty sure they capped job levels. Did, did you notice that they capped like physical character levels or could you just grind incessantly? Um, you, I pretty much maxed out all of the jobs um, in one go just because I grinded so much. Mm-hmm. And something tells me it's not going to be that easy to max out the jobs like that in the retail. I think they kind of wanted you to um, max out the jobs in this so that you could have like an expanded toolkit to play around with. Right. But I, I'm, I don't know why they would take it out of the game at some point. I sincerely hope that they do the anti-frustration features like they did in the past, past Bravelys, because I think that's what made those games so great was being able to turn off encounters or being able to, uh, you know, adjust the difficulty at your leisure so that you could decide how challenging you wanted it and go for a challenge or just go for um, game completion. Yeah, I did like a lot of those convenience features. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're a godsend. They, 
RPGs from here forward need to just have these. All right. Chris, yeah. you, you've been so you and I both played things inspired by some of our editorial content this week, but you should go first. I played Dragon Quest One. And I finished it. Praise me. Good uh, job. That, did, that, did, that didn't take long. No, it doesn't take long. <laughs> uh what do I say about that? Okay. So I played Dragon Quest One. Anna I tried to play it on the NES. Yeah, that didn't. It go was so real good for you. slow, and I said, "I can't do this. I can't have to do a, de- a special menu just to go up the stairs." I said, "I can't. I just can't. no." <laughs> so the, I did. NES, yeah, no, the NES version of that game's terrible. <laughs> yeah. So I said no. Um, and then I said, "Okay, fine." So I uh, I went and tried the Game Boy Advance, or excuse me, the Game Boy Color version, because that came out next in the... I looked up Wikipedia of all the things. And I said, oh my gosh, this is even slower. So I said, no, I can't do this either. <laughs> so I didn't. Um, and then I said, all right, fine. What came out after that? The SNES remakes of Dragon Quest 1 plus 2, but it's Japanese, or yeah, Japanese only. And then Anne's like, no, 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 there's a fan translation. I'm like, oh, oh, there is. And so I picked that up, and that's what I've been playing. And much to Anna's um, dismay, I've Not been playing... dismay? Your dismay. I'm playing with the uh, the Japanese names instead of the U.S. names. Oh, it's t- not to my dismay. It's just weird for me, because yeah. I don't know them. Yeah, they are He's weird. He's like, I'm fighting the Kiss Dragons, and I'm like, what the, the- hell? <laughs> Kiss Dragons? <laughs> and the enemy is King Dragon instead of... Oh, he's not Draco Lord. They can't mess with that. I don't know why they chose King Dragon, honestly, but whatever. Um, I don't know what it is in Japanese, so maybe it's Draco-sama or something, and they didn't know what to do with that. But <laughs> the, uh, Chris? Yeah? Why didn't you do the Switch versions? Yeah, um, I didn't want to. Uh, why? We didn't own Dragon Quest 1 on Switch to start I with. Thought you... And I, I, you did. I nope. wanted to play, I wanted to kind of play the oldest version of the game that I could because okay. I wanted it to feel like an older school RPG. But then I, I got the NES version on my screen. I said, yeah, not this old. <laughs> so, not no, this authentic. I can't, I can't do this. I said, I can't do this. I need some UI, some basic UI. So the SNES versions add um, a button that does like context sensitive actions. So. Mm-hmm. Like, if you walk on stairs, you just go up the stairs. And if you're facing people and you press this button and it's something you should talk to, it'll do it. If it's a place you, if it's not a person, it'll search. And that's just enough to, like, clean up the user interface for me to be like, okay, I can do this. Also, apparently the SNES versions double the experience in gold rates versus NES. And then it sounds like even later versions, like the mobile and Switch ports, double it once again. So, um... While I don't have the uh, the once again doubling, I at least have some advantage over just playing on the NES. Because um, even with that doubled rate, these games, a lot of grinding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a lot of grinding. <laughs> so Dragon Quest One, oh my gosh. Um, tried to play it without any guides. Yeah. That was hard. Mm-hmm. Um, was able to do a lot of it and then was just visiting areas over and 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 I'm like I need some guidance I'm completely lost I don't know what I'm missing so I had to check some guide about 
where a thing was at. Oh, right. Yeah. Somebody told me where this thing was buried and I kind of skipped through the text box too quickly and I went to talk to him again and it turns out that they only tell you it once and if you ask them again, they don't tell you it again. So I was kind of like, well, I'm screwed. So I had to go look up where this thing was buried. So once I did that, I was mostly good and I tried to avoid the guide for everything else until it was like this one thing that apparently they never tell you in the game, but you have to find this this staircase uh, to the in the first castle you start in. And I had no idea where it was, and I couldn't find anybody giving me any clues about where it was. Um, and I'd seen it mentioned in a guide. I'm like, no, I don't want to know the details. I want to figure it out on my own. And then I couldn't find it on my own, and apparently I was just supposed to explore every literal square inch of the screen or something. Um, I don't think you're meant to figure it all out on your own or something. I don't know. Are you just spent to, meant to spend years on these things? Yes. They didn't think it through back then. <laughs> They didn't know there'd be a 11 of these games. <laughs> so anyway, so that was the other thing I needed help for. Where's this staircase to get to this other place? And it's like, okay. And these, it's, it's an interesting design, but it's also a bad design. But I also understand what they're going for, and I like it. So I don't know how I feel. Because um, I know uh, Sam was, like, complaining about this last week, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So... Whatever. Uh, I got through it, and then I said, all right, cool. I did my Dragon Quest 1 run. Uh, thank you, Sam, for inspiring me to do that. Um, and I went back, and I played some more, um, what is it, uh, Divinity Original Sin 2, which I've been playing. And uh, I'm enjoying that, still playing that, enjoying that. Um, and I said, all right, cool. No, I'm not feeling it tonight. So I'm like, all right, I'll play some more Animal Crossing. And I'm liking that. We're putting plenty of time in that. And I spend hours just grinding up the ability to make a, a bridge and whatnot. And then I get done with that after a couple hours. I'm like, all right, then I need to rest from this. I'm like, well, well, now what do I do? Do I read a book? Do I go to sleep? Do I watch a TV show? And honestly, the only thing I was like, I want more Dragon Quest. So now I'm starting Dragon Quest 2. So I'm, I don't know, three hours into that. Four hours into that, I finally got a party member. That was exciting because um, in Dragon Quest style, like getting him was very obtuse and complicated for no good reason. Uh, and he's level one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now I got to find this girl and make her join my party, which is... That bitch. I know there's a lot of steps involved with that, or at least a couple steps. Chris um, has been enjoying railing about her because at the moment she's a dog. Yeah. Yeah. Um so the uh I think I'm going to play all the Dragon Quests. I think that's my quarantine goal. Is play all the Dragon Quests. All Quest. of them? Well, all the ones I haven't played? I mean, are you going to go on to the DS ones next? So I mean, they're all on iOS. So that's my question. What do I do for 3? And I don't know the answer yet. Switch. Switch. We have it on yeah. the Switch. You have it on I reviewed Switch. it. I will think about the Switch version. But I'm going to try it on the other platforms just to compare and see what I feel like. And I'm not going to feel bad about which one I choose. I, I Part of me is like what I want to do is play the version most people have played. So like for I each wanna, game, what's the one the most people are familiar with? You know, I want to say most people play the Game Boy Color version of three. Of three? Okay. Yeah. At least in the U.S. Um, so I'm also trying to take into account like in Japan, like what would most people there have played? Because I think the SNES remakes were very popular for all these games, yes. right? 
So I'm trying to figure out like between DQ3 on the NES versus the SNES versus the DS versus the iOS versus the Switch versus <laughs> what else is it on? Game Boy Color. <laughs> What's the one that most people are like, this is how I played it. This is what I think of when I think of the game. But I don't know. I probably won't get perfect on that. But yeah, that's that's kind of what's going through my mind. I mean, I honestly think that you ought to do the DS versions of the SNES ones just because of the quality of life features, like being able to sort your inventory. And I think the DS, uh, the original versions don't have like a caravan, but I could be wrong. I've seen pictures of a caravan. Oh, wait, is that three? That might be three. I'm not sure. Yeah. I've seen some pictures of a SNES game or what? Was that an NES one of four? It was four on the NES, and there's like a horse and wagon like following you around and stuff. So, yeah, that might be it. So I don't know if it, maybe they don't give you the caravan functionality or something. I honestly don't know. But um, I know that at least there's a lot of stuff happening on an NES game that I wouldn't have expected coming from Dragon Quest One. you know? Yeah, no, I just remember trying to start five and uh, yeah, five and six on the SNES and just couldn't get oh, into them. But oh, once oh. once they hit the DS, so here's here's my big dilemma: for five, do I watch the movie first or second? No, no. What? play the game first. Play the game. Play first. the game first. Okay. I mean, I I thought the movie had like a cliffhanger thing going on, so. I'm not sure. I haven't watched the movie yet, but I would play the game first because okay. I've heard the movie kind of goes off in a direction. All right. No spoilers. All right. Yeah. No spoilers. Mostly because neither Chris or I have seen it, and we maybe this weekend we, we should watch we it. should watch it. Except I got to play Dragon Quest Five first now. Apparently. Oh yeah, I never finished five. Do you Will know what's matter? going on over on RPG Limit Break? A Dragon Quest. Uh... A Dragon Quest real time attempt speedrunning marathon. They were doing a, a race of Dragon Quest Four this morning. Yeah. They're playing all the games. They had my idea before I had it. <laughs> it How yeah. dare them. When I when I saw that starting to pop up, I'm like, I wonder if Chris knows this is going on. Yeah, I know. And I'm like, oh, I should watch this. I'm like, no, I want to play it. Uh, but I also want to watch it. Oh, well, I can't do everything. <laughs> yep. All right. So... Um, and you joined oh, a Minecraft I a server. I joined a Minecraft server. Uh, Do by Friday, a podcast I listen to that you shouldn't listen to. It's for terrible people. Um, they set up a Minecraft server to like be uh, a shelter in the storm to hang out and, and de-stressify if you, during COVID-19. Um, so that's another place you can kind of just do your building and chill. So I was doing some of that. And uh, that's been fun because I know nothing about Minecraft. So I'm literally asking people in the voice chat, like, how do I cook a chicken? I'm like, I can't even make a fire. How do I make a fire? And they're like, ha, you noob. You can't cook a chicken over a fire. You need a furnace. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Ah! <laughs> and so forth. <laughs> oh, good times. All right. So I was also motivated by some of the editorial content we had this week. So I decided to dive into Final Fantasy Adventure. And so I made, named the main guy character Nub. Yeah, Nubo wouldn't fit nubs, nubs. and uh, I named the girl pause and uh, I've been posting screenshots on my Twitter um, of the adventure of nub nubs and pause. But I got about four hours into the game. I'm like level 22 or 23. Um, I killed the Medusa and got the Medusa tears. 
the uh, the translation is a little <laughs> inconsistent. Mm. <laughs> um, and I, you don't say. Last night I put it down. I'm like, you know what? I I think I've had enough of this game because if I continue playing it, it's not going to be fun. I'm just kind of done with it. And so I invoked my five hour rule and was like, Anna's nope. rule. Anna's rule. Yes, it's now Anna's rule. Uh, so I invoked Anna's rule, and I've decided to no longer continue playing Did it. Did you even make it to five hours? Four. Yeah, Just a little enough. over four. So, which is fine. I mean... Now you're the, playing Secret of Mana, yeah, which is so a better game anyway. The, the thing that I, I really like is, like, I have no regrets for the amount of time that I put into it or that I'm stopping. You've already played a better version of this game, we discovered. Right. And I just didn't know that. Um, but maybe I'll play the Vita remake. I don't know. We'll see. Anyways, um, the thing that I really liked and that I appreciated having played this is I played a little bit of Secret of Mana as a kid. And now I understand, like, it's cool because it's like, oh, I recognize that flower enemy. Oh, and I recognize that little dragon enemy. Oh, and I rec- the I got a chain whip and I got a, a scythe. And it's like, oh, all of these things. Like, I got an axe and I recognize these things. And now I understand where they came from. And I think it's going to make give, like an extra layer of appreciation for my playthrough of Secret of Mana. Okay. I got turned into a Moogle. Yeah. By Ice Stocks. Yep. That was awesome. I like when you kill a rabbi and it like, it sounds like watermelon crunching into watermelon and it's like refreshing <laughs> sounding. And especially it's, when you whack it. It makes me thirsty. Yeah, especially when you whacked it. Whacked the rabbi. Um, just remember that later levels are going to get tough because you can get stuff that can one-shot you. I I got pretty frustrated with Secret of Mana towards the end during my playthrough. Mm. Well, I spent time grinding in the ga- that game when I played it as a kid. So. We will <laughs> see how far I get and whether I have the patience to grind and blah, 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 blah. Um, I also played this week um, RFL, um, which was the game I couldn't talk about last week because it was still under embargo. Did you finish it? I did, and I reviewed it. Oh, that's right. It's quite fun. It's really Mm -hmm. good. And it's sort of one of those interesting games that um, I struggled a little bit to sort of explain why I enjoyed it so much because it's like like how I talk about the Mercenary Sagas games because it's like this is incredibly derivative and there's absolutely nothing in this game that I haven't seen before in other games and it's great. Okay. And sometimes that can be really hard to like elaborate upon because it's like, oh, this is all something that I've seen again. And that's not a bad thing. It's like the hamburger of games. Yes. You know what it is and you know that you like it. And yes, hamburgers can be slightly different, but that's okay. Sometimes it's McDonald's. Sometimes it's like the barbecue homemade kind right and i think the thing that they do really really well is like they take that sort of very what we remember is the classic super nintendo experience and they're not really locked to that idea so like there's a huge teleportation system that lets you get around this big world um there's like um crafting but it's super accessible there's gathering uh, and it's fun um, there is, uh, like multiple difficulty levels and like you can play on story mode and in story mode, there's just a command at the bottom of your menu. That's like win. it's literally called story mode and you activate that command and it kills whatever's on the screen. Even bosses, even the final boss. Did you story mode the final boss? I did not No, okay. because, um, I wanted to see, so 
it was clear that there was going to be multiple stages of the final boss, and I wanted to make sure that I didn't jump through those too quickly. Um, so yeah, the final boss is like four stages, and it's kind of cool fighting your way through them. And so that's neat. I liked that. There's just all this like attention to detail that it's like it's this very clearly very classic um, homage RPG, but it has like all of these fantastic modern bits and it's like all right we're gonna have like a real traditional turn-based um system where everybody gets a turn and you get to choose their actions and then all right now it's the next round um but they have uh a, a, instead of like an invisible atb like final fantasy 4 they have an at they have a turn order at the top of the screen and you can see it and you can manipulate it and you can move people around depending on the abilities that you use yes Um, oh, and I played It'll Do too. Did it do? It did. Good. It's fine. Got a little hard at the end. Actually, the last boss was really easy. But you I did not trouble do... with another boss. Yeah, there was a couple bosses that I was really struggling with. And the game uh, doesn't teach you things that you need to know. You have to just kind of intuit them. So, like, for example, you get a magic rod that lets you push blocks around and it never explicitly tells you anywhere in the game until the final dungeon that you can move blocks diagonally. And it tells you after you have to do it at least once. And like there's a magic rod where if you repeatedly shoot the rod and hit your rod blasts with additional rod blasts, they get bigger and bigger until they make this huge explosion. And again, sorry, sorry, rod blasts. Yeah, so like you have a magic rod and it goes pew and it sends out like a little ball of purple light. So if you go pew pew and the two balls um, meet each other because they they like bounced off of something, they become a blue ball. And then if you shoot another pew purple ball at that, it becomes a green ball and it explodes. And you actually need to do that to activate triggers and stuff. But the game never explicitly details this to you. Or if it did, I missed it. And it doesn't make you have to solve a puzzle with it to and not, learn it. Right. And so, like, the dungeon that you get the rod in, it's it doesn't ever have you do that. And so you don't kind of need it until much later in the game. And then all of a sudden you're like, I don't know how to solve this. So I feel like some stuff the developers thought maybe would be intuitive and it's not. Um, yeah, I, I had fun with it. That was a good, I don't know, six or seven hours of my time. Um, you should get it. It's a cool game. Is that the sec- sequel? You didn't play yes, the first it'll one, it'll do right? two, because two has more RPG mechanics. Sure. It'll do one is very Zelda-ish. So, yeah, that was my week. All right. I think we're finally done with what we've been playing. Going to jump into the question of the week. All right, so we asked people, if you're quarantined, what one game would you take with you? Hey, Alice, you weren't on last week. No internet, you're quarantined, what are you playing? Wait, no internet? No internet. But, I mean, someone answered this question with Final Fantasy fourteen. Well, they... they f- screwed up. <laughs> uh, I mean, without that one, I mean, Stellaris. Well, there you go. It is How are you going to download you... your mods? <laughs> I, I'm happy to play the vanilla game. Okay. Because otherwise, if I had internet, it's Final Fantasy XIV, without yeah. a doubt. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. 
Right. So, all right. We got some answers. Uh, Bobby Watson writes in and says, you guys almost convinced me to buy Animal Crossing, even though I've only ever played the GameCube one. But I'm going to go with Stardew Valley as my relaxing game instead. Um, Question of the week. uh, Probably the same game I've been playing for the last two years, Monster Hunter World. Monster Hunter World has some serious legs. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. cool. All right. Um, Crow says, question of the week. If the quarantine is just two to three weeks, I'm probably going to carry on playing the game I recently started, The Witcher 3. Mm. With all the DLC included, I would probably not even be done by the time I came out on the other side. If we're talking more 28 weeks later, zombie apocalypse, doomsday prepping quarantine, I guess I could restart Breath of the Wild and get all those Korok seeds. Oh, no. In master mode, no less. All right, Featherhoof wrote in, and yeah, uh, Featherhoof says, Final Fantasy fourteen. I'm trying to get my Red Mage to 80 to do the last of the Shadowbringer role quest. No. And leveling gathering classes so I can do the most recent added Beast Tribe. And then he says, I probably should have waited till the end of the show before looking up what the question of the week was and answering it. (laughs) So my actual question of the week answer is Borderlands 3. It recently came to Steam, so I'm finally playing it and enjoying it for the 10 hours or so I've put into my FL4K solo campaign so far. Quarantine me and give me the time to complete the game as all four characters and grind some good legendary drops, and I will be a happy camper. No, thank you. Um, Shaman says, I've basically been in self-isolation for the past three months anyways, and even with a few diversions, the main thing I played was Fire Emblem Three Houses. How else was I supposed to get all of Byleth's supports? I can't tell if he deliberately misspelled Byleth there or not. Oh, Byleth! Lass! Byleth. Yes, female Byleth. Byleth. Oh, Byleth. Ooh, yeah, I think slow. I've always heard her called as Femleth, so yeah. that's Femleth. been my thing. I yep. love it! <laughs> yeah, because it's Violet, Femc. Violet and Femleth. <laughs> Most people say F-E-M-C, Femc. Yep. Female main uh, one character. More hit, one more hit, one more hit, one more hit. Don't oh, run. Oh, Chris. Don't run. All right. Uh, Starberry eggs. He's farming metal slimes. Wait. Um, Starberry more eggs. than four HP in this one. Oh, no. Starberry eggs says, the developer you mentioned. Oh, this is for you, Chris. The developer you mentioned is Image Epic. Yeah. The company behind yeah. Luminous Arc series, yeah. Arc Fries Fantasia, and Criminal Girls. The CEO, Ryoi Mikage, was the one who disappeared. He's actually now resurfaced yes. and founded a new company, Mikage LLC, <laughs> and they are currently working on the latest Criminal Girls game. This is the one that they're doing in conjunction with the guy who owns and runs uh, Jamatsu. So Saul Romano is working on that game. Okay. Um, for this week's question, Strawberry Egg says the latest Pokemon game, which in this case would be Shield. I'd miss out on the upcoming DLC if I'm quarantined, but there's always plenty of Pokemon to raise. And Josh says, I'm going to go off brand and I have to pick one game to take with me. I'll take the Civ games. Oh, good call. I'm not sure it matters which one it is, but those games have infinite replay value. Perfect for being stuck with one game. All right. You know what time it is, guys. News. Thank you, Alex. That was Kelly. Yeah. (laughs) But nice try, Anna. Oh, I'm sorry, Kelly. All right. That's, that's okay. Let's jump into the boobs. The, what? Nexon and Pokalabo have announced their new mobile fantasy RPG, Sinnoh Alice, is releasing globally on July 1st, 2020. 
Uh, this is directed by Yoko Taro and features music from Keiichi Okabe, um, originally released in Japan in 2017, and will be a free-to-play title with in-game transactions for iOS and Alice. iOS and Android. Oh my gosh. I'm iOS reading... and Alice. No, I like no, it. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. So the, the reason that I said Alice is not because of Alice Wilkinson. It's because Sino Alice is basically all of your uh, traditional Western fairy tale people with giant tits. I mean, yeah, that sounds about right from basically every other mobile game that I've ever played. So um, Alice, Snow White, Cinderella, Gretel, Ride Riding Hood, Sleeping Beauty, Princess Kaguya, and Pinocchio? Yeah, sure. Right. (laughs) Maybe his nose is his... No, I'm not. No! Nope, nope. Moving on to the next story. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on! (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right uh dragon ball z kakarot is having um dlc coming so the first one is called a new power awakens part one um that's gonna arrive spring 2020 and um part t- uh, a new power awakens part two is coming just later 2020 the music compilation pack also included in the game's ultimate edition will launch for everybody who has the season pass in spring 2020 so a new power awakens is characters from dragon ball super and you get to learn the super saiyan god transformation um, yeah, this game came out earlier this year. PC, PS4, and Xbox One on January 17th. Um, Zed not- Zen Studios has announced that its horror RPG, Dreadnautical, is coming to PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch on April 29th. Um, so this is a game that initially came out on the Apple Arcade, and I was like, I kind of want to play this, but it looks really scary. Um, it's a turn-based TRPG with roguelike elements. Um, you're you're on a cruise line that is being overwhelmed by supernatural forces that want to kill everybody on the ship. This is a little COVID. <laughs> All right. Um, so if you're interested in picking this up, um, PS4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and Epic Game Store. So you get 20 randomly mm. generated decks to jump up and down on and and fight uh, uh, Eldritch Horrors. All right. Um, the Humble Brag uh, is a new showcase that Humble Bundle is what? going to be using to um, show off their publishing arm. Oh, it's a, it's a Nintendo Direct, but for Humble? Yes. Um, and so they put out a five-minute video. This is just the first one that they're doing, and this is showing off their spring 2020 lineup. Um, the first game, One Step from Eden, is um, they say it's a Mega Man Battle Network-inspired roguelike, um, putting players in the role of one of nine characters as they battle their way through real-time combat with cards. It's it does a- actually. It, it does look really cool, actually. It does look neat, but I'm kind of confused about the Mega Man Battle Network comparison. It, though seriously, the battle system in that game looks almost exactly like the one in Battle Network did. Okay. If you didn't, I, I don't know if you did. You ever play any of the Battle Network games? I did, when they were and you had it, it wasn't a deck of cards; it was like chips. Yeah, but they basically functioned as it was basically a deck builder, if you think about it, because you yeah. had to build your 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 chip deck out of the stuff you picked up. 
Uh, and then you had these, you know, grid-based battles. And they got really fast as well, I seem to remember. The, you know, the Capcom were really expecting a lot out of their uh, their RPG players with that game. Yeah, that's true. I remember it being hard, though. Yeah, no, it was it was it was really tough in places. Okay. Um, the Can other, I, I'm sorry. Can I mention that it's very strange to hear somebody compare the, their game to a Battle Network game? Like, I, I don't think I've ever heard that being used before. I know it. It seems weird to me that it's taken so long for someone to actually like do something with, because I thought Battle Network's like actual battle system was pretty cool and nobody's ever nobody's ever really copied it and then this game suddenly showed up on my like my steam front page and i'm like man this battle system looks yeah i remember playing the battle network games what were they were they for game boy advance games right yeah 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 were originally game boy advance games i played uh i seem to remember playing them like 20 years ago I, I think I played Feels the first like three, but I think I might have fallen off the series after that. To be fair, you didn't miss much because I, I think the original like trilogy was really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then four was terrible. Oh, ouch. Yeah, I, I felt the same way about that. I, I stopped because I, I think four is when they started splitting them up into like Pokemon-esque colors and things like that. Wait, I thought yep, that was I the sh- third one. Yeah, they did that with three as well, oh. but it was it wasn't as bad with three. Yep. Yeah, I, I couldn't remember when that was. I did also play a network transmission uh, for the GameCube too, but it it plays a little differently. Yeah. All right. The other RPG that um, the humble brag was showing off is something called Fey Tactics, um, where you take on the role of peony, a magic user battling Fey creatures in a tactical RPG. Um. So it looks kind of cute. Um, and it's coming spring 2020 for PC and Switch. Ah, the magic words. Um, there were a couple of other games that got mentioned that are kind of RPG adjacent or kind of relevant to our coverage. Um, Ambition, a minuet in power is a roguelike visual novel. It's set in revolutionary France. A roguelite visual novel. Yeah, how does that work? I don't know. So um, you are you are a, a woman looking to advance into high society by any means necessary, and the decisions you make um, change the course of history. No oh, crap. Um, I'm going to be heading off. Okay. Sorry. Thanks for right. coming, Alice, and we'll see yep. you when the hopefully, hopefully next week. Should be on next yeah. week. We we might have an unofficial lady cast where we're trying to put together some plans. Okay. Um just keep me in the loop. Sounds good. Um the other second game that they were oh right. Um uh, Minuet and Power looking for twenty twenty in PC and Mac. Uh Ring of Pain is a dungeon crawling deck builder where the dungeon is comprised of a ring of cards allowing players to plan ahead strategically what they are going to attack. Equipment slots are limited, and the dungeon reacts to the decisions the player makes, so careful planning will be required to proceed. That's coming Q2 2020 for PC. Um, The last one they mentioned in Humblebrag um, that that we are going to be talking about is Iron Oath, which is a hex-based TRPG where players take control of a mercenary band in a dark fantasy world. 
Um, and it's cool because it's it's one of those games that it's like it's intended for you to play a lot of years in game. So um, if your uh, mercenaries get old, they'll die, <laughs> or they just retire. Um, so that is shooting for twenty twenty PC. So some of those sound really interesting. So particularly that ambition one. I think we're going to have to keep an eye out for that one. Oh no, Alice missed like the announcement that was for her. So SD Gundam G Generation Cross Rays is getting an expansion pack, which is one of the things that she was talking about. So this is a tactical RPG. The um, This expansion pack is not included with the season pack. It includes difficulty modes, new characters, abilities, new parts, new stages, new units, characters, quests, and group missions for $8. So if you are playing Cross Rays, you can check out that expansion. War of the Visions. Final Fantasy Brave Exvius has released internationally. So this is a free-to-play title um, that is a spin-off to another gotcha game, Final Fantasy Brave Exvius. Um, the game takes place before the events of the current Brave Exvius, focusing on five rival nations struggling for dominance on the continent of Ardra. Um, the story focuses on twin princes Mont and Stern from the Kingdom of Leonis and Mashari, the beautiful steel maiden of Horn? 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 Hern? I don't know how to pronounce this. <laughs> H-O-U-R-N-E. Aurn? All right, uh, this game came out last year uh, in Japan. I have a bunch of people that have been like, you should try out this game and let us know if it's good. I downloaded it this morning when I saw it in the news, but um, I was out and about, so I didn't get a chance to like fully download it because it has additional stuff. So I might report on it next week. I'm just... <sighs> I checked out of, of Brave... XVS when they did a uh, they had like a campaign with Ariana Grande as a that's a bunny girl it's a Vera. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, so I I tried all of the different you know I, I still keep up a little bit with Record Keeper and with Opera Ominous um, but yeah I don't know that I'll be in for any of the Brave XVS stuff and that's kind of my dilemma is like I really only want to have one gotcha game going at any given time. Yep. Um, just so you that I Dragon would... Quest right now. Right, and that's the thing is I am hardcore into Dragon Quest of the Stars. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm I'm working my way through the Dragon Quest three event. Um, the new story content finally opened, so I'm going to be plowing my way through that. Um, I'm doing all. There was like a special event. I think I talked about it a couple of weeks ago, where it was like slimes and golems and devils, and like I grinded those dungeons incessantly because I wanted to craft the gear that was associated with them. So, yeah, I uh, I am interested in this Brave Exvius, but I don't know if I have the bandwidth for it. And that kind of bums me out. I would much rather it be like Final Fantasy Dimensions 2, where it's like, I'll pay $20 for this up front. Don't nickel and dime me. I'm, I'm mostly curious because the Tactic series is among my, my one of my favorite spinoffs. So right. I want to see how Tactics like this really is. Um, all right. Um, Boot Hill Bounties um, has been announced for the Nintendo Switch. So um, Boot Hill... Heroes originally came out in 2013 and Boot Hell Bounties came out originally in 2017. 
Um, and this is a retro RPG set in the American Wild West. Um, definitely very spaghetti Western. It has a really active battle system that's kind of interesting. Um, there's like bars that fill up on your side and on the enemy's time side, and you can knock those bars down to ensure that they don't set off specific moves and stuff. So um, it is coming to the Switch uh, April 14th. So, yeah, that was a nice surprise. Uh, Galaxy of Pen and Paper is also coming to consoles. So this initially um, hit PC. When was it? 2017? It was a while ago. It was on iOS, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, it came out on iOS, but I forget when. After the PC version, so maybe 2018. Um, so yeah, this is a sci-fi tabletop RPG pl- being played in 1999. <laughs> and um, it will hit PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch on April 8th. And if you haven't gotten into any of the pen and paper games, there will be a new bundle, which will have Knights of Pen and Paper, Knights of Pen and Paper 2, as well as Galaxy of Pen and Paper coming out for $30 on the 8th. If you just need Galaxy, twelve fifty. And if you own um, any other title in the pen and paper series or Coma Squad on the Switch, you will get a 20% discount off that price. So that's kind of cool. And speaking of Nintendo. Nintendo! There was a Direct Mini this week. They, uh, mini Direct? A surprise. Direct mini? Yeah, it surprised me too. Yeah, it yeah. They came out of nowhere, right? Yeah, I, I, they didn't talk about it, I don't think. No. So this was kind of like all of a sudden there was one post on 4chan, but like literally the only detail that they got right was that the direct mini landed on the 26th. Every other detail of their post was like completely wrong. (laughs) Yeah, It was like, they're going to announce a new, um, the, the first season two fighter pass and it's going to be Gino. Yay. No, that's just still not going to be Gino. (laughs) It's never going to be Gino. Get over it. (laughs) <sighs> All right. Um, yes, Nintendo Direct Mini. Things that they actually did announce that are relevant to us. Gino! Um, no. It's a new... <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, this leak was hilarious. It was like new Pikmin, um, DLC for Animal Crossing, um, Gino as the new fighter, um, Metroid just, Prime 4. It's just 4. a recycled old pick. I know, right? Metroid <laughs> Prime 4 first footage. Oh, it of course. so yep. bad. Mm-hmm. It's like <laughs> one of those things where it's like, if you say it enough, you're eventually going to be right. Mm-hmm. And I feel Great. like... Great. A it, stopped clock is right <laughs> twice a day. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so it's just like, if you keep saying Metroid Prime or Geno, maybe eventually it'll be right. Anyways. Well, and I love it when they announced the season two pass that the guy was like, we've already picked the characters. Stop bugging me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, they, they showed off a new trailer for Xenoblade Chronicles uh, Definitive Edition. This was a game that came out on Wii, got a port to 3DS. Um, and we have a release date, May 29th, 2020. Um, Is this the time I finished that game? Um, they also announced that there's a new epilogue chapter that is exclusive to the Definitive Edition Ooh. called Future Connected. You think they connect it to one of the sequel games or something? I uh, I have a distinct feeling given how Xenoblade 2 plays out. Okay. Um, if you get the North American Collector's Edition, 
um, you get a 250-page Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Works art book. Literally um, a chronicle itself. Yes. Um, <laughs> 2K announced multiple games coming out on May 29th as well. May 29th is going to be stacked for the Switch. Yeah, um, like always. Border uh, A bundle of Borderlands, Borderlands 2, and Borderlands the pre-sequel. Nah, no thanks. Uh, the Borderlands Legendary Collection. Um, and then they also You want to play them all again, Peter? I am. I'm oh, going to do it. God. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> they also announced Bioshock. A couple Bioshock games. And then I forget uh, what the third one was. It's not an RPG. That's, so. it's yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, and then um, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, The Black Order, is getting the third part of its expansion pack. Pass. Fantastic Four's coming. Yep. Shadows of Doom. So it was interesting. This actually got data mined like before even the first part of the expansion pass got announced. And so like the first two times there was Shadow of the expansion pass content. Everybody was like, where's Doom? <laughs> Doom arrives when Doom is ready. <laughs> yeah, you can get the expansion pass now for nineteen ninety nine. That will include um, the expansion pass, uh, which is already launched. Uh, three, the three sets. So, um, Ring Fit Adventure also got an update. And Kelly, you were excited about this. I'm kind of excited about this. I want to try this out today. This was surprising. Yeah. I was, yeah. I was not expecting anything else for Ring Fit. So ever. the one thing that I'm excited about, and I am unabashedly sexist about this, you can now have a female ring. Yep. Yay. Yes. I'm switching mine as soon as I turn it on. You can also change um, the voice language. So I'm probably also going to change mine to French. <laughs> um, Fabian on Twitter was playing the rhythm mode and said that the human body was not meant to sweat this much. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. So that's like, well, I want to try it because it sounds fun, but I don't think my body's going to appreciate it. Are you saying your body is not ready? Yeah. <laughs> no, my body is not ready. So what Kelly's alluding to is the new um, rhythm update where you can, quote unquote, dance to new music tracks. And you use the ring to do so. And so you're doing a lot of like the squishing and the stretching and the smushing against your stomach. Um, and then ta- and then like grooving back and forth. So yeah, um, Fabian did post a video of it, and I'm like, I cannot play on that difficulty, <laughs> but <laughs> I'll play it on an easier one. So yeah, I think the uh, sound, oh. so, sorry, the um, soundtrack was all game music, right? Like Zelda, yeah, and things yeah, like yeah. That. So Zelda, yeah. uh, Zelda, Breath of the Wild, Splatoon 2, Super Mario Odyssey, and then mm-hmm. some Ring Fit Adventure tracks. And it was kind of implied, and I don't know if maybe this is just in my imagination or if you guys agree. It kind of felt like the the direct implied that more music would be coming. Yeah, I yes. got that impression. Okay. That's what I was about to say. Is like Atlas, you're listening to me. Port uh, the Dancing All Night series and make this the controller. You're welcome. You can have that one for free. <laughs> um, another thing that came up in the direct mini King's Bounty Two. Are you excited, Annie? You love King's Bounty and Armored Princess. Yeah, and um, then the two other ones. There was like a winter one, and then there was the one where you lost your kingdom and had to get it back. How many of those do you have? I know, right? The one where you play as the bad guys too, right? Or is that one? Or did I just make that up in my head? Huh? I I thought there was one where you were the bad guys. I don't. Yes. 
Okay, there's a lot of them. Um, but so here's the thing is, I love 2D King's Bounty. It is like my jam. And like, I, I played the... Um, you played remakes of them already, right? Like, weren't those remakes that you had played? A couple of them were remakes and some of them were new. Okay. Um, and I even played... Oh, man. So uh, they were already in 3D. No, they're, they're quasi 3D. This is like full 3D. You, for some reason, because you can see the units on the overworld map now, you're like, well, I don't know if I like this. Well, and I mean, the combat sequences are also 3D now. Like they oh, no. go down and like see the little units go and attack each other. And okay. I don't know. It just looks long. The, the originals looked longer. No, no, no. Really this not? this looks like all the animations take like way too much I time. The original was like that too, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. All right. Um. So this is coming to um consoles, uh, Switch, PC, PS4, and Xbox One sometime in 2020. Okay. Um. I think I'm gonna wait till like I I don't know Game Explained does a video or something. Um. Then uh, Bravely Default two. So they showed us a few minutes of the system. They gave us the name of the four new heroes of light. You know, if I'm going to compare this to anything, I wouldn't even talk about this game. I know, but the thing you made a really good comment and I I want to share it because you made a smart comment. I never do that. You said this isn't bravely default. It's hat party. Yeah. Isn't it? Yes. Okay. I think that's a really good truth. I think that's a good, really, really good comparison. Based on the look. Because, yeah, I think it is definitely closer to Four Heroes of Light than anything else. And I mean, I know that's like the prequel to what became Bravely Default. But, yeah, this feels... I'm getting so much... You played the demo. What do you know? Uh, Kelly, what do you think? the trailer. You played the demo. Do you think it's more like Hat Party? Party vibes. Do you even know what Hat Party is? It's been a hot minute since I played Hat Party, so I... Couldn't tell you one way or another. All right. We tried to get Kelly no, involved. Dude. She's like, I'm not getting involved in this garbage. You no, no, it's it like I have no. I played Hat Party. I finished Hat, hat Party. I have no memory of Hat Party. Oh, <laughs> it's a very memorable. That's game. not a good sign. No, it's super generic. It is the most generic ass JRPG. It's RFL. No, because you remember RFL. That's true. RFL. But ask me in six months if I remember RFL. Oh, I don't know. It, I'm probably going to remember that the RFL, Royal, the Royal but Football I'm probably League. not going to remember RFL. Okay. I did, however, forgot to mention this, that I think Elvis is going to shape up to be my favorite character in this He's game. He's going with the Scottish accent, right? Yes, yes. Aye, and he, he is such a drunkard and... He actually reminds me of Yangus from Dragon Quest VIII with the with the accent and just kind of the bombasticness, so <laughs> I have a feeling he's going to be a laugh riot. <laughs> Um, yes, and then they had a sizzle reel, which is like a whole bunch of uh, games all in a row. I think the only one we really care about in terms of RPG is The Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel 3 has a release date on Nintendo Switch. It's going to be June 30th, 2020, and there's a demo available now. I did play a little bit of the demo. June can't come fast enough. Yes, that's, that's what I said. I was hoping Josh would be here so that I could kind of yeah, grill him. He had too many the... people on today, so he took a oh. week off. Well, and the dilemma is is the big thing that he's been playing right now, because he's been so busy at work, is all he's playing oh. is Cold Steel 3. Yeah. And you get a couple of hours into that, and you can't really talk about it, because it's all spoilers. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, from from what I've seen, this this demo is doing what Cold Steel 1 did, where... You're the class on a mission, and it's a flash forward to what happens later, and then you start at the university. 
And I asked Josh about that, and he was like, yeah, this one calls back a lot to Cold Steel 1. So, and, and the, I think the demo is the prologue, and you can continue when you're done. Nice. So I can't wait to finish that and then just cry as time inches ever slowly to June. All right. Um, next in our news. news. Yeah, I can't wait for I mean, at least I'm going to be able to blow all of April on Persona 5 Royal. So that's one less month yeah, I have to Final wait. Fantasy 7 Remake? Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> no, that's later. Um, Dandy Dungeon is getting an update. Dan- what is Dandy Dungeon? Dandy Dungeon is like a puzzle RPG where you, um, there, you play as a middle-aged um, like pencil pusher. <laughs> And he gets fired from his job. Did we talk about good work or good job or whatever it no, was called? No, because we're not going to cover it. Oh, but I want to launch a projector across a map with a power cord. <laughs> that was the most bizarre. I know that's not an RPG. It, no, say, let's but... talk about it if people are interested in talking about it. So good it's job insane. <laughs> is this little indie title where you are uh, an employee of your father's moving company. And so the idea is, is you're going to be assigned a variety of tasks that you are required to perform. And you can do these tasks one of two ways. You can do it the way that um, is, is the, the culturally appropriate way. Or you can say, to hell with that. And you can... I feel like you get more points if you do it, say, the hell with that, actually. <laughs> and and the, the alternative way to play is to do as much damage as possible while also completing the, the goal for the so stage. So you need to get this into another room? Go through the wall rather than around. So Amazon delivery truck driver yeah. simulator? Oh, God. <laughs> Minus the COVID, yes. Yeah, and so yeah, they they showed like this one goal. It was like, all right, you got to get the projector to the other side of the office. So you have two choices: you can gently steer this very large projector gently, gently around the people that are working in the office and around these desks and through the door. Alternatively, you can attach it to a giant rubber band and fling it through multiple walls. It gets there. Good job. But it looked like you caused damage. Yes. And every time you cause damage, it looks like you get money or something. I no, don't that's how much it's costing you oh, to yeah. repair the damage that you've done. Are you sure? Yes. I think you, but I think that's what you want. You think it's like? <laughs> I think it's like rack up the amount of damage. It's like yeah, crash was, mode and burnout. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, I couldn't. It didn't seem to be a negative boon. Like normally, <laughs> if you mess something up, it'll show a dollar amount in like red. It was appearing was on the screen like, in a very pleasing sort of yeah, yeah, like, right. Like, okay, sure. Right, and I mean, I, I think that you know, destroy as much things as possible is an entirely valid way to play and you will be rewarded for it. But I also think that that's hilarious. <laughs> and that's not the only way to play. Oh, yeah, it is. There's right. only one way to play a good job, and that's to do the best job ever. All right, so are we good to jump back to Dandy Dungeon? Yeah, yeah, sorry. The Legend yes. of Brave Yamada. No, no, it's fine, it's fine. So yeah, Yamada is like this middle-aged, fat, pencil-pushing dork who gets fired from his job, and he's sitting around his apartment in his underwear being depressed about it. So he decides to make a game. And so he is the hero of his own game. Um, and you have to like figure out a way to get through each dungeon level in the appropriate amount of moves while not dying to enemies and other things. 
it reminds me a lot of um what's that game that you have me play on the ipad that's apple arcade which one it's, sorry it's the guy and i have to take out the colored monsters and in, in certain amount of moves oh uh grindstone, grindstone. yes so similar conceptually, but the way that you do it is very different. Um, so um, Dandy Dungeon Part 2, The Phantom Bride, um, is, I believe, a free update? Yeah, it's coming out this week on April 2nd for Nintendo Switch and PC. Um, the new um, update has additional dungeons, including a post-game 99 floor dungeon, new weapons, new armor, new monsters, new music, um, some of which is by Nobuo Matsu. Cool. And, um, yeah. I, I, I might pick this up. I'm intrigued now. Yes. Something I will definitely be picking up, at least when it comes out here, is the third uh, and final entry to Mary Skelter, called Mary Skelter Finale. Um, they announced it for PS4 and oh. Nintendo Switch in Japan. Are they going to figure out and reconcile the stories together somehow? Well, I mean, the the or current two done? stories are reconciled. Oh, okay. Mary Skelter 2 ends where Mary Skelter 1 begins. Okay. Like, literally. Got it. Um, Spoilers. It's not a spoiler. <laughs> it was part of the marketing material. Okay. It The how is far more important than the why. Because it is crazy. You should play Mary Skelter. It's awesome. <laughs> I um, need to. Yeah, so the final act of this jailbreak drama includes both new and old faces as well as familiar gameplay systems. Having escaped from the living prison called the jail, the protagonists contend with a floating, foul-feeding overseer tower. And there's also a new group of enemies called the Genocide Pink. It's an all-girl group of executioners. Um, there's a new system called zapping that will put uh, players in control of more, multiple parties simultaneously during dungeon exploration, and you switch between them in real time. The game includes a visual novel mode that covers the stories of Mary Skelter, Mary Skelter 2, and the bonus visual novel Love Prison Tower, Mary Skelter. A sequel to that visual novel, Love Prison Tower, Mary Skelter True End, is a pre-order bonus for Mary Skelter finale. Okay. That's a lot of words just stacked on other words. If you don't like Nightmares Chasing You, play the visual novel version. I didn't know there was a visual novel. It's only Japan right now. Oh. Yeah. So I'm kind of hoping they put it out in North America with... Um, Mary Skelter finale because that would make it like truly an all-in-one package and I think it would interest people because the thing that the thing that I don't like about Mary Skelter as silly as it sounds is I don't like the nightmares because they're just a pain and I don't feel like they add that much tension to the game they just are obnoxious I think there could have been way better ways to add tension to the game than that but anyways, um, we have a Kickstarter check-in. Kickstarter so check. We covered two games, one of which I will immediately disclaimer that I backed. So I backed Game Deck, which is a cyberpunk isometric RPG. Um, and they are coming out this year, um, but they are 
uh, using Kickstarter to secure additional funding for key parts of the development. So um, I didn't know this before I played the game at PAX West this year. Game Deck is actually a large book series um, by a Polish author. And the books have never been translated outside of Poland. But this world... What is it with Polish authors turning games into series that are successful? Like Actually, I guess Witcher? We don't know. Yeah, I guess we don't know if it's going to be successful yet. Um, oh, you're going to love this, Chris. It's also a board game. <laughs> of course it is. What do the Europeans not turn into board games? Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, so yeah, Game Deck takes place in the 22nd century. Um, and you are a game detective... Um, that solves crimes that take place inside of all of the virtual world. So the future, this particular future is very dystopian. No one can handle the real world anymore. So they turn to virtual reality and basically everybody lives in virtual reality now. Um, so the big thing that um, interests me about this game is it's all about player choice. So like when you go into these worlds, there is not just one way to solve these, um, to solve the cases that you have. So, like, um, they just put out a trailer for um, T&P, which is a BDSM world. And, like, you're trying to free someone who's stuck in it um, that's, like, the son of a very rich entrepreneur. And he doesn't want the fact that his son was in this, like, super kinky world getting out. And so, like... In, in order to break him free of the problems that he's having in the world, you can do multiple things. You can hack his program. You can um, pay to have him released from this like time loop that he's stuck in. You can run a car into him. What? Yeah. That seems dangerous. <laughs> yeah. So, and I mean, you can actually release him you discover that he's in this BDSM world for exactly what you think he is. Uh huh. <laughs> he's doing bad things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so you can be like, no, I'm good. I'm just going to leave him here. You can die. <laughs> or you can save him. And there's lots of different ways to quote unquote save him. Um, you can go public with the story. You don't have to. Um, this is all in development. So some of these things may or may not be true by the time the game comes out. Um, but yeah, they, they put out a trailer of it and it looks pretty cool. Um, if you want to pledge for the game, let me open up the Kickstarter. Um, $25 is the minimum. And if you want to go hog freaking wild, um, I think their top pledge is already taken out, but let me scroll all the way down. Yeah. So the top pledge is already all purchased, which is $1,500 US each. Um, and the next um, lowest tier was $120. That's already um, pulled out. Right. $549. And they, there's there's only a couple of these left. High City Resident. Ooh, you get a city. boxed version of Game Deck, a digital version of Game Deck, a um, displayed portrait print. Um how do I explain these, Chris? It's like the things that we got on the cruise. You know how you go, you poke on them and they go ting, ting, ting? Uh, we didn't get metal ones on the cruise, did we? Yeah, we did. Okay, so it's a metal print. Just, yeah. It's, it's on metal. Yeah. Okay. Um, physical versions of the first two game deck novels, which will be a signed hardcover edition, a hardcover physical art book, the soundtrack on a vinyl, 
beta mm. access, your name in the game's credits, PC and mobile wallpaper pack, exclusive Discord backer channels, and a thank you email from the Discord game deck team. Um, so yeah, this is the thing that I kind of wanted to jump into the Kickstarter for, is they're translating the first two game deck novels, which is where like 99% of the game comes from, and the only way to get them is going to be through the Kickstarter. Yeah, for now. For now. So, yeah, that's what I was interested in. All right. The other Kickstarter, um, Home Gang Memories of the Forgotten, is a 3D hack and slash RPG. Um, and it is currently ongoing at its Kickstarter campaign. Um, the game takes place in the world of Dracorum, where you control Kandar, Valentia, and Tatsu in their quest to defeat Emperor Huzzlem before he conquers the world. Um, this is a combo-based combat system with longer combos being harder and harder to execute, but providing a greater amount of damage. So they are looking for 45000 in funding. They're at 6000 right now. Um, if you want to get in on the ground floor, um, you can pledge $15 for an early bird copy of the digital game. And if you want to go totally hog-wild... Oh, um, three thousand dollars plus shipping. No. Plus shipping. No. <laughs> <laughs> what are they shipping? A person? Well, here we go. You get five digital keys of the game, early access. You don't need to ship those. Four zero note game games game key so i Just guess they've made the other games expensive stuff Come on. this is this is the three thousand dollar tier your name in the credits exclusive in-game weapon exclusive in-game trinket exclusive in-game combo exclusive in-game outfit be an npc design a mid-boss a digital manual digital ost digital art book digital warblood digital art print digital limited postals what what uh, do they ship to you physical poster physical t-shirt physical art book physical art print physical game physical box physical manual got a physical manual <laughs> all right um yeah and for both games they're only shooting for pc at the moment um with other console editions being considered later um and then we had two sort of uh these were not planned <laughs> but they ended up going together really well is we had michael baker and Sam Walker both do a looking back at, and they both played a classic game. So um, Gaijin went and looked back at Final Fantasy Adventure, which of course is one of the reasons that I got motivated to play it this week. And Sam did looking back at Dragon Quest One, which is what motivated Chris to play it. You got it. So go ahead and check those out, and then play those games, and then, and then consider give up whether on some you would be games. interested in playing those games. <laughs> Um, we also had an adventure corner where I talked about Half Past Fate, which is the visual novel that has um, kind of like point and click style puzzle solving in each chapter. It's really cute. It's only about four hours long. Check it out. Check. All right. We got briefs. We got um, boxers. No, we're not doing that anymore. Oh, right. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Monster Hunter World Iceborne's third update is out now. Oh, boy. The Vagrant is heading to Nintendo Switch. Who's the Vagrant? It's a game. What? There are more Digivon Wait, what, Survive is, characters. What does that have to do with Monster revealed. Hunter, though? I am going through the headlines. I want to hear more about Monster Hunter. No, you can go read the story. Fine. Um, Sword Art Online, Alish... 
Mm-hmm. Sword Art Online, like Chorus, got a new updated, mm. uh, get on a new trailer and some update information. Um, the second episode of Inside the Final Fantasy VII Remake has, is available now. Um, Code Vein's Lord of Thunder DLC is available now. Titan Quest Ragnarok expansion is now available on PS4 and Xbox One. Bonfire releases on Steam Early Access. Um, the Legend of Heroes Hajimari no Kiseki um, gets some story details and a new character reveal. And Tangle Deep got an update on Nintendo Switch. Too bad it still sucks. Why does it suck? <laughs> it's a bad port. Oh. I can clearly see why people enjoy it on PC. Yeah. I know. It's it's a poor, poor port oh. on the Switch and it that bums stinks. me out. It's just the controls are not good. It's like this is a game that was designed for a mouse and keyboard in mind, and that's cool. But yeah, no, it it did not make the conversion. It yeah, no, it's not good. And okay. I'm bummed because I really wanted it to be good, but yeah, no, it's not good. That's okay. All right. Um releases for this week. Um uh, the stolen sun comes to PS4 and Switch. Unsurprisingly, Persona 5 Royal comes out on PlayStation 4. And Sometimes Always Monsters hits PC. And I forgot to put in the downloads from other stuff. So, yeah. Um, we're in March. Um, one thing that keeps coming up that we forgot to mention is Squeenix is like being really wishy-washy on whether or not we're going to get physical copies of Final Fantasy. Right. So uh, here's the deal. Final Fantasy what? Final Fantasy VII Remake. Why wouldn't we get physical copies? If you pre-ordered and so if you pre-ordered at a store that is closed, straight up closed, and for example, if you pre-order to pick up in store at EB Games in Canada, those stores are closed. You will not be able to pick it up. And their in-store pre-orders are a completely separate system from their um, online sales. So they can't just ship it to you you're going to have to wait. If you bought from game, same problem. If you pre-ordered in person, you're not going to get it. And for GameStops, GameStop is breaking the rules in most states and opening to a partial extent. So you might get your copy if you pre-ordered in store or you you might not. Because you're crazy? Yeah, I don't know. Just buy digitally. This um, is it. On, this is when we all switch over to digital everything. <laughs> Come on, folks. On the other Get hand, on board. if you bought it from the Square Enix store, as long as shipping continues in your area, um, you should get it on time. But if, for example, like my bro- the the post office where my brother gets all of his mail in Northern Ontario, the distribution center that sends mail to where he is got shut down for two days. It's open again now. It is, but they don't get mail on Saturday or Sunday. Sure. So everything is going to get delayed for a couple of days. So I'm like if that happens on the already. on the Thursday, Friday and Saturday before um the game came out, you may not get it on time. And so like they're being wishy-washy because if it doesn't come to you on release day, you're going to want to know why and blame Square Enix. And Square Enix wrote answer has to be it's not our fault. Mm-hmm. And if they say it at that point, it's just going to sound like deflection. So if they say it now, they'd be like, all right, we're getting ahead of this. Here's the deal. We can't guarantee you're going to have it on launch day. 
So what smart. about Amazon? Uh, yeah, they're all over the place. Yeah, like so prime shipping right now is no longer 2 days. Okay. For a lot of stuff. Like there's a medication that Glad I get Glad they aren't, you know, um refunding my prime, huh? No. There's a medication that I get over the counter because it's less expensive for me to get it OTC than to have a prescription of it. I mm-hmm. or normally I get it basically overnight. Right now I have to wait 5 days. And that's a medication. Okay. All right, so Persona 4 is listed as arriving by Tuesday at 8 p.m. I think you mean Persona 5 Royal. That's what I meant. Yes. Is that accurate? Yes. You think that'll still happen? Yeah. All so right. and, then Pers- and then Final Fantasy there. 7 Remake is listed as arriving Friday, April 10th by 8 p.m. And again, that's the release date. There are some people who are getting Persona 5 Royal now. Yeah, mm. so Australia released it on Monday. Yeah. Australian retailers already have it, and they're just like, "There you go." Yeah, yeah. The Final Fantasy VII remake in Europe has been the same way. Yeah, yeah. I've seen a bunch of um, pictures of that as well, where it's just like, "Here you go." Yeah, I mean, if you already have it, might as well. I mean, there's is there really any reason to hold it back if it's already in retailers' hands? Um, the answer to like, that is complicated, and I don't want to get into it. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I know for, you know, I had an animal crossing pre-order at Amazon and they were originally saying it was delayed and then ended up coming a day early. So I think, uh, Amazon is just in pure chaos at this moment, Mm -hmm. which is why I'm going to wait until I even get like a shipping notification before I even think to move, move digital. So in terms of Persona 5 Royal, we have the collector's edition, so we don't want to go I don't want yeah. to go digital. Um, but normally what happens is we're fairly close to the distribution center that handles video games for our region. Mm-hmm. So like if I have a game that's coming out Tuesday, usually Sunday night, I get the note either Sunday night or Monday morning. I get a shipping notification. See, because I'm smack dab in the middle of the country. Sometimes it's as early as Sunday night and sometimes it's like Monday night right? on a Tuesday. So. My perspective is, I don't care if I have FF7 on release date, so I guess I don't. It's fine. It's I've, just the perfect timing for me because it's going to be a weekend. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that one, Chris. Uh, just because I, of Persona 5. There's so much other... I mean, there's tons of stuff to play. Yeah. Um, and if we're still quarantined and things, it's not like we won't have the time, so... Right. I mean, I'm anxious to get my shipping notification just to make sure that my collector's edition doesn't get canceled. But like if it gets here Tuesday or Friday, I'm going to be a little upset, but not really, um, because I actually got unexpectedly Ruin Factory 4 this week. Mm. Um, So I really quite wanted Ruin Factory 4, especially since Platy said that it's much easier to activate the third arc. Who's a Platy? Matt Mason. Mm. He's one of our reviewers. Mm hmm. You keep, you see, keep calling him plat, plat time, mm-hmm. plate time. I'm asking for the sake. I of think that's, time. yeah, I think that's what he was aiming for. Like, who's platy? I only know playtime. That's not <laughs> play what I was time. going for, but that's funny. <laughs> I there is no was. platy, was only like, playtime. I was like, are you just trolling her? Yes, <laughs> I would. So I really wanted fair. it, but I, I kind of didn't want to pay forty bucks for it because I try to buy all of my games on sale. And so there's a friend of mine, um, Ibanez, 
um, that he he's he runs basically. You guys are familiar with Wario sixty four on Twitter. Mm-hmm. He does the same thing, but for Canada. Mm. And so most of the stuff that he posts obviously isn't very relevant to me because I'm not ordering from Amazon Canada or or EB Games and stuff. But I send him a message and I'm like, I know you don't really take requests, but I kind of want Rune Factory four for at least ten dollars off. And he was like, Yeah, I'll totally take a request from you. And a couple weeks later, he messaged me and was like, hey, it's up on um, Amazon UK for $25. Nice. It's like, boom. And when I ordered it, it's like arriving April um, 6th through April 14th. And I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. I'll just start it after Persona 5. And then it showed up two days ago. I'm like, oh, this was unexpectedly two weeks early. Cool. I'm going to have to figure out how to fit it into my schedule. Yeah. And part of my high anxiety is because I ordered the, um, not like the $400 cloud edition, just the, um, second tier, or the one tier down with the art book and the mini soundtrack yeah. and stuff like that. And I d- don't want to miss out on that edition. I so, the most expensive one. Peter! <laughs> you, you did the First cloud class? motorcycle? Mm. I did. <laughs> I'm I'm a first class soldier. I man, I had my fuck. I had my mouse over the the buy button. And I was like, guys, I think I managed I to talk you to down do. from that ledge, didn't yeah, I? Yeah, um, you talked me down. Chris shamed me down. <laughs> is were they? Chris? Was it more effective this in is, concert, or would why you prefer only one or the other? I don't talk to people about what I'm buying because of that. Because like, they might make just, you make this responsible decision. I, I will shame myself when I hold it. <laughs> well, I'm I'm glad Chris shamed me down because that freed up money to buy the seventy dollar Red Thirteen plush, oh, and now I have the uh, right, low, right. Now I have the low poly blind boxed uh, figurines on pre order. <laughs> if you guys saw those, so. All right. Um, talking you know, about I'm other games coming I'm out this week. I'm canceling it. I'm canceling on Amazon, and I'm going to buy it digitally right now. I've decided. <laughs> okay. I'm done with this. Even though I had $10 off, I'm like, screw this crap. All right. Um, other things uh, that may be relevant to our audience. Bubble Bobble for Friends comes out this week. What? Is that Bubble like Bobble a, for is that the number thing? four Friends. Mm. So, yeah, it's, it's Bubble Bobble, but intended to be played couch co-op. Um, I think we talked about um, Children of Zodiacs and RFL last week. Mm-hmm. We already talked about One Step from Eden. There was something else that was coming out this week that I wanted to talk about. <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember anymore either. <laughs> All right. I think that's our show. Woo! Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Alice. Thanks, uh, everybody. Thanks, Kelly. Yep. Thanks, Peter. Thank you. So I was only going to get the standard edition before. Should I get the deluxe edition now so I get the Chocobo how, and Carbuncle? How about we take this conversation off the podcast? It's very important. Question of the week. <laughs> Which what, Do I need the Carbuncle material in no. Final Fantasy VII? What game do you want to finish in April? Uh, Dragon yes, Quest Chris. All. Okay. So it can be something old or new. So... Oh. I think I'm going to try and aim for finishing Persona 4 that I started so that I can just immediately jump into Persona 4 Royal. Um, would you like to try that again? 
Five. Five. <laughs> you both did that. Chris, You're going to finish five fault. and then do <laughs> five again? No, I, I'm totally kidding. I still want to finish five just because it's been really Why? good, and I'm sad just, that I actually put it on play like the a new mini one. hiatus play the with new all one. the stuff coming just out. Stop but... playing. Play the new one. Oh, I can't. I'm already invested in the first one. It's the same game. No, it's not. It's more or less the same. The same. If it, if I could take my save file directly over, then I absolutely would. Like if I could just load in Persona Five Royal, and it be like, oh, hey, you haven't you know reached any of the new content or anything or whatever it may be. Uh, but from what I'm hearing from past episodes is that this is like intertwined. Like the new characters are intertwined from yes. the start. So, yeah. I'll be doing Persona 5, and then whenever I'm ready for a rerun, I will do Royal. That's what we did, Chris, so can't really blame yep. him. I, yeah, but we didn't do it when the new one was out. I play There's all my difference. games like two years behind, so okay. two are better. If you're looking at my PS2 collection that hasn't been played yet, then uh, it's longer. <laughs> Screw Get me a... Okay. Um, Kelly, what do you want to finish in? Um, Stella Glow. I'm still picking at that one, and I keep get distracted, keep getting distracted by shinier objects. It's good. You'll like it. I know. I'm I'm on like chapter five, or I just recruited the Earth Witch. And Kevin. Nice. Oh, she gets good fast. Well, particularly since um, you're going to do some more desert stuff, and I don't, I think she doesn't get desert penalties or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm, I'm in love with Kevin and the fact that he wants to own a castle, and he, uh, he's very good looking, and I, I like that he's a desert mercenary, but he wears glasses. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> Kevin is awesome. <laughs> Oh, he's such a dork face. I know, and that's why I love him. Yeah. Um, I want to finish the original Trials of Mana so that I can play the new mm. Trials of Mana, but I'm going to pick different stories each time, and I need to figure out how I'm going to decide that. Who is so, your OG party? What OG party? Oh, you didn't start the uh, first Trials of Mana yet? No. Oh, okay. So, for some reason, I thought you did. No, um, in fact, that was my first time playing Final Fantasy Adventure. This will not be my first time playing Secret um, of Mana, but I've never gotten past the, the Seasons Forest. And it will yep. be my first time playing Trials of Mana. So, I don't know, maybe we can have it as a side question. Side question, recommend me which Trials of Mana storyline I should play. Oh, and Chris, we forgot to release M- M- Ye's <gasps> Memories of Celsetta comes out oh, for the PS4. Really? Yeah. Huh. I didn't know that was oh. this week. Oh, I have it pre-ordered. Okay. I need to check to see if it changed, but I'm pretty sure that's this week. Sweet. All right. That's a, that's the best yeast game. So, But I'm biased. If you want to answer the question of the week, send an email to podcast at rpgamer.com. Go to our site and just leave it in the show thread. Or call and leave a voicemail, 608-729-4098. If you leave a voicemail, we'll play it right here on the show. Or you can send a text message there, 608-729-4098. Send us your answers to the question of the week, and we'll cover them. Thanks. And we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Stay safe. Stay inside. Bye. Bye.